Alrighty. Lev. Lev's already. Lev's already on. <laughs> waiting for us. Commented. There we go. What's up, Lev? Okay. Ready to go. Good morning, gentlemen. Good afternoon. Uh, happy Monday, everybody. Uh, hope you guys had a phenomenal Father's Day weekend. The three of us spent it together, so. Uh, Paul, we know you're a dad as well. Happy Father's Day to you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. I had an amazing time with my family, and then me and my son decided to do uh, something that's memorable, so we went uh, uh, shooting uh, at a shooting oh. range. Yeah. Where did you go? Uh, Burbank Firing Lane. The indoor one near yeah, Costco? Yeah, the indoor one. Yeah. Right. That's open already. Yeah? It's, it is open, yeah. Oh, so we had, a, we had a good father and son time. <coughs> nice. Um, you know, so that's how I spent my Father's Day first lunch with my uh, family my wife and my daughter cooked so we had a good time and uh, then i decided that me and my son can go and have some more fun we were gonna go axe throwing and i said you never know what can happen to my shoulder you know <laughs> axe throwing. let's just you know let's go yeah. safer with the gun <laughs> yeah the gun well, is better you know with the gun you could sometimes injure yourself depending on I the mean, caliber but if you're one of those guys that uh, wears a mask in the car with the windows closed then you need more instructions <laughs> so you could get injured. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have a Mosin Nagant, one of those old Russian guns. Yeah. Oh my God. One shot, that your shoulder is sore for like two weeks. Wow. Well, I just picked up a, uh, a, a 45 millimeter um, uh, a Springfield Armory 1911 gun, brand new. So we were testing that thing out, oh. and I have a 9 millimeter from many years ago. We're testing that. Great, great weapons. Well, your kids are older, though, right? My son's your 19. Son. He's. Uh, He's not playing water polo anymore, but he played water polo, yeah. so he's well built, yeah. strong guy. So he can he has a strong hand. Uh, but I, I want to take my wife and my daughter next week. Have they ever gone shooting? Your wife and daughter? No, uh, but I you know I want them to to get a feel for it. You know, kind yeah. of uh, learn. Um, I, I I'm not saying that we're getting stepping into an era of defending ourselves, but you just never know with. The things situations yeah. uh, are boiling up nowadays. I think it's good for every family member to know how to protect themselves properly. Absolutely, it's something that I've unfortunately I was I've talked about for 10, 15 years probably with friends and family. I'm like, you guys should get something. They're like, what are you going to protect yourself from a robber? I'm like, no, it's not about robbery. One day shit could hit the fan in this country because they, you know politics are dirty. One day came earlier. One than day you. <laughs> came early. Twenty twenty, the I year of the century. Yeah. Sunday came before Friday. Yeah. <laughs> and now you see the lines at these gun stores. It's like around the block, two three hour wait. Oh man! And just to get in, so you could buy whatever, assuming they even have inventory. Well, know? as Armenians, we're not used to those lines at the gun store. Yeah. We're used to lines at the at the meat market or whatever <laughs> to buy barbecue meat, but yeah. not not for guns, you know. Oh, I, what were the numbers? Like two point one million new gun owners in April, I think it was, or May or April. You know, uh, those two point one million, about one point eight million of those people are the ones that were telling us not to have guns, <laughs> to get yeah. rid of guns, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Same people that told me, "Why do you need so many guns?" Guess what? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad that that's one of the reasons I'm glad this happened. I, I it put things into perspective for a lot of people who thought you're conspiracy theorists for thinking you ever have to protect your family and your business from, you know, looters or riots. And I'm surprised because we experienced something like that in 92 during the Rodney yeah. King riots, right? Yeah. Where the Korean uh, store owners, I remember in Koreatown, mm -hmm. were called the uh, rooftop 
snipers or Korean snipers or something because they were all on their defending their yeah, they were defending their businesses. Yeah, they would literally they would dress up like ninjas. <laughs> they were on top of their roofs with their yeah. rifles, and they were like, you know what? Come try, on, by. try to rob me. But you you have to you have to understand these businesses weren't handed to anybody. These guys. You know, uh, uh, coming from another country with the language barrier and everything else, build up something. Do you know the amount of hard work they have to put yeah. into something to, you know, and, 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 and to see that burned away in a second? Uh, that's hard, you know. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, our special guest today is Mr. Paul Arakili. I mean, we went straight into the topic and we didn't even do a proper introduction. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> well, because we just assumed everybody already knows him. He's been on TV for Ooh, 20, 20 years. years. How yeah. many years? And, yeah. and weekly, right? Is it weekly? Sometimes or? three or four times a week. I used to go to studio from studio to studio for many years. Oh my. Uh, and nowadays, I just go to Horizon TV and they send the recording to uh, ART and Shant. And, you know, so I don't go to different places. And I'm getting old, you know. I'm not <laughs> oh, look, yeah, because you look <laughs> so old, Paul. Come on, man. <laughs> look, the numbers are the numbers. Numbers don't lie, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm turning 48 <laughs> this year. Uh, well, you look great for 48, man. Well, thank you, brother. I mean, you know, I drink good coffee, you know, and I smoke good, have good cigars. Good cigars, <laughs> cigars and, and, I, and I have good friends. Uh, that means a lot. I have good, really good friends. I have my childhood friends yeah. uh, from six years old. You know, we're friends for 42 years. That's a big statement, you know. And they, we, they're all here. Not all of them, but at least four of them. So, you know, uh, became godfather for their kids and what I mean, our families are together almost mm. every weekend and. That keeps us young. You know how school yeah. teachers, because they always deal with kids, they, they stay younger and, you know, um, the same thing. You know, when you're with your friends, it's as if time hasn't changed. Yes. Yeah, it stopped. That's time true. stops, basically. That's yeah, and I, I, got, I got married early and uh, that was the biggest step, of I think, in ev- anybody's life. And, and mine happened to be perfect, you know, I'm good marriage. Good kids and everything. I mean, I, I see a guy that's six foot two and calls me dad, and and a daughter that's very precious and talented, artist and every. I mean, you know, and she's twenty four. So I still feel like, man, I, I could still do a lot for them, and mm-hmm. there's no sense in getting old, you know. <laughs> but better to be their friend. Now they're my friends. My so me now and you my don't wife's friends. Getting married early, don't you? No, I love the fact that I got married early, bro. I swear, if I could have gotten married when I was sixteen, I I, I would have done it. But really. Yeah, you know, because I'm 47, I'm turning 48 in November, and uh, I think I'm still useful for for my kids to help them in their career choices, in in building something for them, in getting lined up for, uh, you know, I'm not telling them what to do, but I'm helping them because I want them to feel responsible for their success. The worst thing is for them to have something and then feel like it was handed out to them, you know. So um, I, I feel privileged to have, uh, I mean, this year will be 25 years that we got married, and I, I feel so good just knowing that for 25 years I'm with the same person, and we have the most precious things of our lives uh, with us. And uh, you know, what what else could I have asked for in life? You know, yeah. I mean, money and this and that, all those things, uh, honestly, is irrelevant when uh, you know the biggest layer of success is is being happy. You know, and um, so that part of my life is just amazing. So I'm very happy that I'm getting when old with this person that I become friends with mm-hmm. and I respect her. She's become an irreplaceable value in my life. And uh, it's life, not just life love. partner, life yeah, partner, the you know, true definition of life. partner. Well, you know, love is just an emotion, right? I mean, you we could probably fall in love every single time that, you know, 
you see somebody beautiful, but in, there's no logical continuation of that kind of love. It's just lust. Uh, you love your your uh, uh, phone, your watch, things that don't talk back. You just love them. But for people, you have to respect them, and from that respect, there's got to be values born, and those values over time become irreplaceable. So when you can't see yourself, you when you start feeling that you can't see yourself as a complete being without that one person in your life, that says a lot. When you say you wish you had gotten married earlier, is it because because you 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 feel that you're still relevant in your kid's life because you you understand technology for example you understand social media you're not uh you grew up in this country where you could relate to them is that is that the reason why you feel like i mean you well, said 16 i I'm, said i said but i said 16 because um i feel that uh i haven't wasted my time in doing what i'm doing in my 47 and a half years so i'm feeling that if i had gotten started with mo- the most important things in my life uh, uh those steps that i've taken in my life earlier even mm-hmm. earlier those things would have been even more relevant for mm-hmm. me and i would have been able to uh give even more but there's nothing i can go back and change course, right now yeah. except to be proud of what i have I've, uh, accomplished in my life and um you know uh, that's that's what i have to live with and and, and be happy doesn't mean that if my son is, turns 25 and he's still not married, that he's made a mistake. It's just how I feel how personally you, yeah. for myself. Yeah. I mean, uh, we had this conversation with a guest that was, we were talking about more like mid-30s. That's why I wanted to get his impression, his yeah. perspective on even I think teams. it was I think it was Anna Khachikian and uh, uh, Mike, 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 Mike Gabriel. Because no, we were talking, was it really recent? Yeah. We were talking about getting married basically nowadays would be probably in your 30s to mid 30s why because you're established more and besides that the generation nowadays is a little bit more softer than it is the generation prior well you know honestly uh, everybody has to feel a certain thing in their life before they're ready to make that move so when i say i'm talking about only myself i'm not Mm -hmm. saying that's the right thing to do Uh, but i feel proud now that i look back that i've gotten married early and um, you know if somebody feels that they're ready to uh, you know, uh, the, the, they feel that they're ready to connect with somebody at that level that they're not. They're going to be able to call themselves friends uh, forever, uh, and be able to take responsibility of raising a child or bringing a child to this world. Uh, and and that happens to be in their thirties. You know what? That's the right mm-hmm. thing for them to do. Nobody can tell them, "Hey, you know, you waited too long." I mean, we had this stereotype in Armenia many many years ago. That, oh man, you know, this guy is 30, he hasn't gotten married, he's probably going to stay that way, he's going to, he's never going to have a, a family. Well, I think that's changed, you know, mm-hmm. because people could start up a family at a later age and still be very happy and still do great. Uh, I just think that uh, if this was the biggest step in my life, biggest thing that I, I made good on, I know if I had started earlier, even better, you know. Interesting, because I know a lot of people say the older you get, the pickier you get, and that's men and women. It's another problem because yeah. there's more things. You know, when you grow together, you don't see each other's flaws that much. When you're already grown to a certain age, and you start checking out everything, everything has to be perfect. How do you find somebody that's perfect? It doesn't exist, right? Yeah. You realize that after you're like past forty, that mm-hmm. you know uh, things are not as perfect as they're you know imagined to be. But um, when you start together, you know, me and my wife were uh, 22, 
20, actually, we were you got 21. You at 23. You had your first kid at 24. Right. But we were engaged when we were 21. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and you're we, both the same we age. grew together. Yeah. You were high both school born sweeter. in 1972. Oh. We went to school in Armenia. We didn't even know each other. But, you know, uh, destiny, right? We crossed the ocean, come over here, and then we're both buying tickets for an Armenian uh, d- dinner dance, you know, back <laughs> in the day. Yeah. Oh, uh, wow. So, uh, and, and we meet each other, and, you know, <laughs> we had some friends at, at Glendale High, uh, Glendale uh, co- uh, College. So, destiny, it happened. I mean, it was supposed to happen, and it happened, you know. But I didn't you go to high school here as well? Yes, I, I did, went right? to junior high too. I went to Toll Junior High and then Hoover High School. I have some friends who are who were classmates of yours. That's yeah. why I I know you went to at least high school here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, but it, this was in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah. my first year uh, or second year in college. You yeah. got you moved to the U.S. when you were fourteen. I was fourteen. I turned fifteen here wow. in nineteen eighty-seven. Wow, that's a harder age to come. The hardest like, age, hardest the teens. Age, bro. Yeah, and and you know, at that time, coming from the Soviet Union, which was a whole different monster, right? N- not in a bad sense. Uh, what I mean is, uh, the culture it was so closed. You know, uh, the first time I saw a guy with the with the mohawk, I was shocked. I mean, I was, I was <laughs> you know, I wanted to hang myself. The first, then I saw a guy with earrings and his nose pierced and. Uh, That you know, took the and, and then for you? and then he's using the f word in front of girls, and I'm coming from a country where that doesn't happen. You know, you're going around uh, respecting girls. You never use the nowadays. None of that is left, and maybe it's not even relevant. But back in the day, that was a shock. Like there's not big culture shock. So uh, you know, I wanted to write to my friends, like you know, uh, hey guys, you know, I think we my parents really messed up because they brought us to a place that's. That is scary, you know. And uh, you know, I, I would I would go to school with white shirt tucked in my pants and 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 you know uh, suit pants and whatever. Mm-hmm. And they all <laughs> laughed at me, you know. And you know, you were overdressed. Eh? <laughs> I mean, I thought that's how we went yeah. to school in Armenia, you know. And and so I thought that was normal, but it was not because everybody's in their shorts or whatever, whatever. They're dressed differently, and they're looking at me like, who the hell is this guy with the unibrow and you know this mustache that the dad doesn't allow to shave yet, you know. I oh mean, you know, you, that is, this is this is early '90s, right? This is uh, this no, is late '80s, 80s. bro. Really? Yeah. yeah. Because wow. this is right before you were born. Because uh, <laughs> I, I, I remember the uh, the Armenian, you know, dad theories that were, if you shave too early, you're not going to grow in height. Yeah. It's gonna, you're going to stay Seriously? short. I swear, bro. Or if you uh, drink coffee, right? <laughs> like your, your grandma's drinking coffee, and your grandma can have yeah. some. Like no. Kolot kamanas. And these were all the theories, myths we believed in because we were told as kids, you don't do these things, or you're going to stay short. And every guy wants to be so we, tall. So we're all programmed at the earliest <laughs> age. Yeah. All your fears, all your imaginations are. Pr- pretty much programmed into you by your parents and now the school system which is great yeah now now it pro- it's programmed at the university level even more so so yeah. but it's better to have your grandma tell you not to drink that coffee because you'll be short or or that if you shave or whatever versus you know the schools having a system of calling you a a sick kid just because you can't concentrate on something very much like your brother can and now it's called ADD just so that you can they can Label prescribe it. Ritalin or something like that and 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 they you can be a special ed kid and they they get more money from the government so all those things 
it much better your grandma tell you to do some things that you're going <laughs> to laugh about when you're successful <laughs> at the age of 40 or 30 or whatever than to be screwed by the system. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Right? <laughs> he's saying, I, I had a friend in high school. He was, I wouldn't say he, he had an ADD or anything. He was, just, he was a lazy guy. He, he didn't do his homework. He didn't pay attention in class. So they ended up calling him to the counselor's office. And they sent him to a special ed class. Within two days, he was like, dude, I got to change my life around. They think I have ADD. They want to prescribe stuff to me. Yes. Oh, my God. And, he, and yes. I'm like, are you serious? He goes, yeah, man. He, en- he ended up graduating high school, top-notch GPA, ended up going to UCLA and all that stuff. We still keep in touch. We still talk. But he was like, till today, I remember. And I'm not going to say his name. But uh, <laughs> but like it was it was crazy. crazy. We're sitting at lunch and he comes up. He goes, bro, they wanna they wanna put me on meds. I'm like, oh are you serious? God. He goes, yes. yeah, dude. He's like, there's nothing wrong. He's like, am I am I okay, right? And we're reassuring him. We're like, yeah, bro, you're fine. And some of those meds, something, some of these things are known to also drive kids to suicide and this and that, which is kind of sad because. If you think about it, then they become victims of the system, mm-hmm. which was supposed to protect them, right? I mean, you know, parents are so proud that your kids go to school and whatever. And that's the kind of stuff that we are seeing the fight against and what we're, why we have these problems we're having right now. It's because, it's because of the little things that have added up and become a big problem that I think that uh, our, our uh, president wants to change, you know? And, and he's fighting against that. But that thing has grown so much that it's a problem now. It's, it's not just control. that one thing. It's yeah. It's out of Going back to the college, I heard 93% of college professors are Democrats. Liberals. Well, I didn't say liberals, but we all understood. What we Let me say it. Say it like it is. You don't yeah, have 93% to of it. all college professors are liberals. So I mean, to me, it's just What's bad. the point it's of sending bad. your kids to college then? See, it's just it's confusing to me. It's like, why? I mean... Why is it that it's it's university level professors that are so leaning towards the left, whereas you know you have business owners and everybody else kind of leaning to? I mean, just why why is it college professors? Why is it university professors? Well, because um, in my opinion, again, I don't want to say like uh, I, I know this because somebody told me about this, but uh, I think that uh, any any uh, place where you could be shaped up and 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 brainwashed and whatever those places need to get certain amount of funding or whatever to do how they want to mold somebody up and mm-hmm. send them into society and so uh that's where you're seeing these things happen and um um you know and i mean there's certain things that you ask yourself a question you know i was driving by in uh, in the desert uh, a couple of schools and my my by my house by right across from uh, Verdugo Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a school behind it, Verdugo Woodlands Elementary. Mm-hmm. There's that 5G tower there. There's 5G towers in el- near small, you know, elementary schools and stuff. Like, what are they trying to? Why are they doing this to small kids' brains and whatever? But the catch them young. The, well, there is there's different kind of brainwashing for different age groups, right? So for kids, you know, when they're like 10, 11, 12, 13, or whatever. You know, they're being told that the most successful guys that they see are not educated and they don't need to get education, right? So, you know, Gates was a high school dropout and this other guy was a high school dropout or this guy started in his garage and became whatever. And Or, or, you know, these YouTubers haven't done anything and and then all of a sudden they're multimillionaires. So these kids are not motivated to get education, to, to really, really 
proceed in in uh, empowering themselves with more knowledge because they're giving you the excuse of hey i'm either going to become a, a youtuber or a president there's no in between right yeah. i mean mm -hmm. like, what do, what do you become uh but that's destroying generations of people those are the guys that are not going to uh that are going to wait for that one opportunity that's never going to come to them and they're not going to become anybody and they're going to be the followers of those guys that weren't part of that system and now they're making the laws I think the best example is that one meme on you on Facebook where it's uh, it shows a Lamborghini it says high school dropout and then it shows a Honda Accord it says Yale graduate. Yeah. And when kids see that on social media, what do they think right away? They think, "Oh, you know what? Let me be a high school dropout. I'll be able to drive a Lamborghini. I'll figure something out." But as far as that I mean they have a higher chance of getting the Lamborghini by dropping out let's just all be honest about De it depends, well, who, depends you on who you depends, are yeah. but the, you have a higher percentage of them no it's it's, it's you have to say no you have to look at who and what they were prior to that you can't look at for example if you look at the Bill Gates and the Jeff Bezos or the Elon Musk's as much as they were dropouts from wherever Harvard Berkeley anywhere But they first of all, they made it to those schools. The reason why these schools are so uh, expensive and why the top organizations in the country, if not the world, try to recruit from these universities is because, A, if you've been accepted, then you've already been filtered out. So mm. the fact that you graduated Harvard means you're in the top you know, point zero zero whatever accepted, percent. You're in the top 1% yeah. of the students. So if I'm a law firm, I'm hiring from, let's say, Harvard Law, I already know you've been filtered out. So my filtering process is now... Very short. Very, Shorter yeah, than what yeah. it's supposed to be, yeah. Uh, but as far as to say, uh, well, somebody's a college or high school dropout, the chances are higher. No, it just means they were lazy. The chances of them accomplishing anything in life is probably very minimal. And I'm one that doesn't really advocate for school because I think, uh, I think it's a waste of time if you have that entrepreneurial spirit, if you're a go-getter. But if you're not, then you have to go to school, get a degree so you can at least have a normal nine to five and, you know, make your 50, 60, 80 grand a year and support your family, support your family and, you know, become something, create something yeah. out of your life. Basically, I mean, you know, you you can buy uh, brains, you know, with money, right? You can always hire those guys that you want to be part of your team. Mm -hmm. But you have to have a certain amount of education. You don't need to go get a Ph.D., but I feel strongly that you need to have a certain amount of education to know how to make the best use out of these people that you're hiring and, and, and not just have the, the drive. Uh, obviously, that's what matters most, you know, the, having the entrepreneurial drive and the, the see, having a goal in mind and whatever. But you need to have a certain amount of education. You can't just drop out because overall in law of large numbers, less education, more problems. Correct. You know, yeah. uh, more crimes and this and that. So uh, if you could have a more educated generation... Uh, regardless of where their destiny will take them, you know, uh, there's people that have graduated, they have degrees, and all of a sudden they went into real estate and made a lot of money. And, you know, they're not using their degree, but that knowledge never leaves them. Mm -hmm. It's like energy transforms to other things, but it never gets lost. Laws of physics, you can't, you can't debate that, you know. And it's the discipline, I think, of starting something and finishing it. Whether it's showing up to class every day, whether it's turning your homework. I mean, in college, you don't really have homework, but showing up to your exams, completing the exams, all of this studying for it takes discipline. And I hmm. think more that's the most important thing that students or young adults learn is if I start A and I need to complete B and C and D to get to, whereas if you don't have that, then 
you just don't have you don't know how to draw a path for yourself and how to complete that journey you yeah. know uh, otherwise a lot of people graduating with business degrees and marketing degrees i mean how many of them end up really utilizing it very very small percentage most of them just end up getting a regular Charlie job, job. <coughs> yeah a realtor right that's what i that's i my, i finished with i finished with uh Management, Marketing. financing, okay. and entrepreneurship. But how much of what you learned? A lot of it. You apply in your... Of course, your yeah, dude. My, the marketing aspects of it. I was actually, when I was going to market, when I was doing marketing at CSUN, mm -hmm. social media was starting to slowly mm -hmm. pick up. What were they saying? Use social media. It's a free marketing tool. That's one thing that I start, began to implement. Number right. Another thing, all the financial aspects of, of business. How many of my agent, fellow agents have an S-Corp? None of them. They're all getting 1099s. They're paying taxes up the ass. And what do I do? What did I do the first thing? I established a business, opened up an S-Corp, split everything. Here's my personal. Here's my corporate stuff. Mm -hmm. And then when they would come to me, they say, how much do you pay in taxes? Well, you know, everything is separated a certain way. Well, well, how do you do that? Well, you know, I, that's what I learned in college. That's, that's what they taught us. And you get audited less because the, the IRS looks at your W-2s as being whatever. I mean, but yeah, I, pay my, I put myself on payroll. They look at, uh, uh, you know, an agent getting $750,000 of commissions in one year. They're like, guy's a realtor, $750,000. What the hell's wrong with this guy? Let's go audit him, right? Mm -hmm. But when they're seeing $60,000 draw, uh, that's your W-2, and then the corporation has $600 and something thousand dollars left mm -hmm. and gets distributed a certain way, you're not going to get audited. I'm not an accountant, but, I mean, I've, I've done enough in my business where uh, I've seen those things happen. Yeah. and have taken advice from some some uh, smart people and that's the that's right thing to that's do that's exactly how it works you you basically you have the corporation you split everything up the corporation at the end of the day is what pays the expenses the marketing and all that stuff i myself to my corporation i'm an employee i get right. my i i have my nine to five i am a w-2 employee i pay my taxes everything see, if you ask me Technically, that should be the responsibility of your CPA and your broker or mentor, whoever you happen to be working for. Because look at it this way: my broker and mentor was my college professor. Okay, that's yeah. that's how I look at it. Because originally I was supposed to go to law school, but right. I, I looked at it as okay, you know what? I'm making good money doing this. I'm good at it. I'm enjoying it. It just paid my debt for college. Yeah. Do I want to go put myself in another $200,000 worth of debt and go to law school and then start from scratch again? Mm -hmm. Or should I just continue what I'm doing and just build on top of the business? And I was like, you know what? I sat down with my broker, my fiance at the time, my parents, and I said, this is what I want to do. They said, if you think it's the right thing to do. And I've never looked back. I've I've Look, it, it's, it's worked for you and it works for a lot of people. But what I'm saying is like what Paul said earlier is you hire smart people, right? Uh, I'm not going to go to accounting school to learn tax laws. What I'm going to do is try to hire the best accountant, CPA, that's going to teach me what I need to know to run my business efficiently, whether it's saving on taxes or uh, anything. But having enough knowledge, you know, what, what he's saying is obviously he didn't become an accountant or didn't pursue what he was studying, mm -hmm. but it gave him enough knowledge to properly plan these people so that he doesn't get shafted at the end, you know? Yeah. Because your accountant could give you wrong advice too. Of you course, know, on certain and you're paying situations. for wrong advice sometimes. Right. So, but, it, but most if, of the time, probably because if you're if you're just uh, you know driven to do whatever, mm -hmm. uh, but you have you have you have really um, no education behind it, then it's very easy for those guys to take advantage of you. That's true. 
That's and true. you know, you're not running a cartel where you just get these guys shot and cleaned up and whatever. <laughs> if you're, it's a business, you, you're just going to end up paying through your nose, you know. <laughs> and besides that, it, remember college. I just watch Queen of the South, by the way. That's, <laughs> that's <laughs> why. <laughs> I missed that. Get one. Rid of if if you go to the right college and you connect yourself with the right people, it's actually it's networking as well. One of my first transactions was my was my. Uh, uh, what, uh, what do you call it? Classmates. There we go. Uncle. I haven't been to college for so long. My classmate's uncle was one of my first <laughs> transactions. Yeah. Literally, I would pick up the phone, and this is something a lot of people are even scared of. You pick up the phone, you make a phone call, introduce yourself, tell them what you're doing, and do you know anybody who's looking to buy or sell? And uh, you know what? My uncle's looking to sell. Next thing you know, I'm closing a two hundred thousand dollars. Uncle is sold. Yeah, yeah. So that's. I mean, those fraternities and stuff. I mean, that's where some of these people end up becoming big Fortune five hundred companies, and and some of their friends that help them get there are part of their fraternity group yeah. and whatever. So, uh, it's an early brotherhood kind of a situation that they get into. You know, don't yeah. don't call it brotherhood, please. And some people get offended by that word. <laughs> there, there, there's a few Sisterhood. ways. <laughs> there's a few ways you can go about that. You either go to a great school where they have a, you know, like like an executive MBA, whatever type of master's program, where you can affiliate yourself and um, build a network. I think other ways to do it is, like what you do is, you know, cigar lounges, cigar clubs, car clubs. Oh, yeah. Uh, golfing? Golfing. I, I mean, created my own car club. I started Legacy Cars and Cigars. And I made uh, a, a, a band, uh, uh, and, and I created my own cigars, three different uh, you know strengths and whatever mm-hmm. or and shapes. Like private labeled, private labeled yeah. my cigars, and and uh, I started handing them out, you know, and um, you know, all, all, soon enough it got really big, where there's a lot of people that come to our car events, you know, with their exotic cars and stuff, and we hand out their cigars. It's been four or five years you now. Still do it? Yeah, really. I mean. I haven't done it for a while now actively, but, um, you know, I still give out those cigars. Mm. You know, it's, uh, it was kind of getting difficult to, because they, they decided, some of these guys, they, they said, let's do a drive instead of just at your parking lot with the best shower guys over there mm-hmm. with the grill and whatever. Yeah. Let's go do the drives. So we did the drives. Hard to control 80 guys with exotic cars on a Sunday morning because these guys just lose it. You know, you give you do the driver meeting, they sign the releases and whatever, whatever. A few of them ended up getting some tickets. We had some attorney friends that took care of those tickets. But then I said, dude, what if somebody gets into an accident? I mean, these guys really get wild. You know, there's a Porsche there that's trying to race a Lambo on the freeway and a Ferrari comes and it's just it was scary so i just said you know what we're gonna no driving no driving we'll just get together we'll still connect uh, uh we'll we'll uh, meet at the grand havana room and have a cigar together i still pass out cigars to you guys and everything but uh i guess we'll reconvene uh when everybody has a slower car so i when i bought me a slower car and i'm looking for more <laughs> friends who have slower cars now <laughs> that's, that's a good way to put it Car, <laughs> cars and coffee base cars coffee slow cars and yeah. s- slow cars and cigars slow. <laughs> Corbesi did the cars coffee too. He still right? does but, it, but yeah. they don't drive. He's a good friend. Yeah, they he, don't drive. Yeah. No, they just see that's what I used to do. But see, Corbesi, uh, it's become something where his parking lot is a lot bigger than my parking mm-hmm. lot at my office, and uh, you know they just have the coffee. But my thing went out of control 
because we brought the li- live barbecue grill uh, start and, and people and there's no cigars in his place i armenianified it yeah and there's no cigars in his event right yeah. i'm the only guy and then my friend steve that we show up with our cigars and maybe nick or whatever uh, the uh, lender you know nick right yeah, yeah. so uh, you know uh, just us that we show up with our cigars but um, you know, it, ours was the cigars, the whole nine yards. I, I even had a couple of times where I had the ladies show up and they were wrapping cigars for people. It was wow, just too extravagant, out, and yeah. we were gonna have to take it from to the next level. And we did. We used to go to the Sunset Restaurant in Malibu and close the place down, and we all smoked because they set up the tables at the back. They were good friends of mine, the owners. Uh, That's at Zuma Beach, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the parking lot area Mm -hmm. behind it, they have also a nice seating area. So we used to close that place down, and and we would smoke our cigars. We'd have our pastry people show up and bring the pastries and whatever. It was just great. But after a few times on that road, Canaan Road, you know, when Uh you get off the 101, we were just flying through that place, you know? That's the best road to drive exotic oh, yeah. cars. <laughs> I mean, look, but it gets different, you know, and, and they were all relying on the Waze app and whatever to see if there's cops. A couple of the times, the Waze app screwed up. I mean, <laughs> well, one you couldn't catch up to, with them. Well, somebody has to warn the others. Well, yeah, you got, you, right? got, you got to be the guinea pig. Yeah, well, those <laughs> first two guys are the ones that ended up getting the tickets, you know. Oh, man. <laughs> They're going to send you the warning yeah. when you it, see them. See, yeah. it's so funny. One of my buddies who does that. And they hear you. Before you even get there, bro. With, oh, yeah, with, yeah. With the Ferrari. Course. I mean, if you're coming, the cop says, we we heard you, and then we saw you. Yeah. yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. See, one of my friends, he would do that. He would go to those those uh, shows. He would take his car, and he would always say, as soon as the cop would pull you up, he's like, listen, he's like, you were the unlucky one. Out of everybody there, right. we picked you. So, Like yep. when a gazelle is picked by the lion. Exactly. <laughs> that's what it is. That's exactly what it is. That was Except very strong, in that strong, case, man. that's a that's a, str- that's a slow gazelle. <laughs> this is the faster gazelle. That's the that gazelle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. So, Paul, as far as what you do for a living, you, I mean... <laughs> you forgot what he does. No, no, because, yeah, exactly. We didn't even dip into that because uh, one, somebody was actually commenting on our post asking us, you know, oh, what he does for a living. I was like, you know what? In... in from what I see with you, you're a true entrepreneur. I mean, there's so much that you do, but as far as, you know, what, how you began and what you do now for a living, how did it all begin? Well, um, now if I say this, this is probably going to sound funny, but, um, you know, it, I was in my past life, I was in the medical field. I was a certified surgeon's assistant, and I was assisting in, in surgeries, uh, scrubbing in and everything. I got certified very young, um, you know, wanted to get into that field because I wanted to go to medical school and become a surgeon. Uh, but things changed in my life. And I was at the doctor's lounge in a hospital one day, and uh, I saw this ad. It was a blind ad. You know, financial services industry make th- uh, between thirty-six to sixty thousand dollars. This is in nineteen ninety-five. So um, I said, "That doesn't sound bad." You know, nineteen ninety-five, thirty, sixty thousand dollars was a good money. Was that more than you were making as a surgeon? No, I was. Sur- I, was I was making about forty thousand dollars at that time, and sixty thousand dollars was a big jump. And I was mm. getting married that year, so uh, I, I went. I went to their office. It was in Encino, and and I walk in their nice plush office. You know, the guys, they're wearing wearing Ferragamo shoes, nice belts. You know, their cars, Jaguars, BMWs, and this and that. I, as a young guy, it was like, my God, this is impressive. And you're 23 uh, at the time. Yeah. And um, so I was 22. I hadn't even turned 23 yet. So um, 
you know, I, I, I was I was really impressed with what they do, and, and uh, they interviewed me and whatever. Apparently, they were just recruiting me, so whether they interviewed me or not, that was secondary. It was an MLM? No, it was not an MLM. It was a Pennsylvania Life Insurance mm. Company, oh, but okay. they, wanted to, uh, they wanted to kind of make it seem like, uh, you know, they're hired, even though there was no salary or whatever involved. They took me to a training and whatever a couple of times, and uh, I was like, we walked out of the office in downtown, like jewelry district. Mm -hmm. We walked out of the person's office, and the guy would say, do you know how much money I just made? And I would be like, how much? And he would be <laughs> like, I just made $800. Like, man, just made $800. Then we'd go to a few places at the end of the day, he would say, well, I just made $2,000 or $2,500. And I was amazed. And I said, I came to my late father-in-law one day we're sitting at, at his house and and i said uh i said look you know this business you can make a lot of money and i said whatever these guys are doing i don't have their experience but i'll work five times harder than them and i'll make as much money as they do mm -hmm. and i did my first year i got in the business i made a hundred eight thousand dollars wow, wow. That's so wow. in 1995 1995 that was big money so um it, it was good i found a good mentor and uh, he helped me Learned the life insurance business really, really well. He said, you know what? Knowledge is power. you got to get as much knowledge and understand. He took me to, uh, it was a company called um, North Coast Life Insurance Company out of Spokane, Washington. He took me to the home office and he said, I want you to go into class with the actuaries and learn how these policies are being built. The mm -hmm. people who measure the risk and everything else. I want you to learn underwriting, actuarial and everything. He said, you're a sharp kid. I want you to become something. And um, so he helped me out a lot. And, and then um, in 1998, three years into the business, they said, we want to make you uh, the uh, regional vice president for North Coast Life Insurance Company for the Western region. Wow. It's like, man, they c my parents didn't speak any English at that time. They came out. They took me to um, uh, Newport Beach area, a nice restaurant. And they gave me that title and whatever. And my parents were amazed that you're becoming a vice president. What? We just brought you from Armenia a few years ago. <laughs> you know, are, are they going to steal you from us, or you know what's going to happen? You know, that's how yeah, the Armenian yeah. parents think. We hope they don't ask you to move to Washington or something. I'm like, no, no, no. That I'm not going there. I'm going to stay here and work. And and then I started um, recruiting agents. I opened an office on uh, 245 East Olive mm -hmm. in Burbank. Burbank where the restaurant is, the Armenian restaurant and stuff. You know, I was in the penthouse. So in 1998, I, I had my own office over there, worked a couple of years there, and then... So, so when you became an RVP, you weren't part of corporate. You weren't a corporate employee still. You were, you were considered a. I, I was I was part of the corporate as well because I controlled the whole territories. Whoever was getting hired for the company was going to go through me. I was not an independent agent of the company. Uh, mm, okay. I see. So as an MGA, Managing General Agent, yeah. I was an uh, individual, and I could, I could recruit somebody else, could recruit him away from me. But as an RVP, I controlled a larger territory, mm. and my responsibilities were uh, more because I had to train more people and hire more people and uh, do more uh, sales, uh, sales courses, sales trainings, and you know, speak in front of uh, larger groups. They, I would go to places that I hadn't even seen, met these people, and I would have to talk to them and give them the, um, uh, the training and whatever, which was kind of fun and difficult mm -hmm. uh, for me because uh, as a young American uh, businessman, it was fun. But as a young Armenian guy, 
I was like, man, I'm taking too much. You know how we were always raised kind of more conservative and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, enclosed and encapsulated into something, especially that my generation that came from Armenia. Now they're different, and I'm very happy for that, that they're different. But we were we had more paradigms, you know, that we had to deal with and more shells to break to get out of and, and, and whatever back then. So uh, it was it was not that easy for me to do those things, you know. I was kind of living a double life, you know. I was that Armenian kid that I still had to be a kid to my family. And then I was that uh, company Corporate, CEO yeah. that I had to walk into a place and it was difficult. Mm. But uh, it was great because uh, I ended up meeting some of the most powerful people in our industry, some of the smartest guys in our industry and, and learn from them because I was exposed to them. You know, I, I, I went into that very young. Yeah. So it was, it was great. And so I just from that point on, I just built up my organization and uh, I hired people and I started getting more and more into more uh, advanced type of situations, sales situations and stuff. And, um, you know, premium financing, this and that, taking on big $100 million cases. And um, I... But in, in, in all of this, I've the biggest challenge I've had until now is um, fighting what the industry has uh, in store for a lot of people because I know what's inside and I know what's outside and uh, how, the, how some traps are set for some people to go into down the road losing their coverage and whatever. Yeah. And, you know, those kinds of things are challenges that I had to deal with, you know. Okay, so they're giving you a policy. They're promising you the moon, big bill of goods. You're going to have this and that, whatever. But there's no guarantees. And one day they pull the carpet from under your feet, and they ask you to pay a higher payment. If you can't afford it, you lose your coverage. You're old. So, and the insurance company makes more money because mm-hmm. it's just like you know the reverse mortgage situation, right? Absolutely, yeah. The people are being told that that's the best thing since sliced bread, and and well, the guy the who walks into the their family looks like jesus because you know what he's doing the greatest <laughs> thing for that family because now they can't afford their lifestyle they got old they're not working they can't afford america but they have a house so you know what they end up losing that property so it becomes yeah. a timeshare property for the banks but you know what these people really had a true belief that they really owned what they owned but they didn't yeah and the same thing goes with life insurance policies guys some policies, people believe that they really own something and they have something which they don't because there's no guarantees behind this. And um, I have to deal with a lot of people talking a lot of um, uh, goods about about these types of products. And I end up becoming their enemy because I'm, talk, I'm talking completely against those things. And it's not personal beliefs. It's not like... You know, reading a, a coffee cup, somebody says, you know, in three uh, dots, you're going to have whatever, whatever. And <laughs> the other guy says, no, yeah. man, it looks like a bad black heart. You know, you're going to get screwed up. It's not that. There's, It's clearly written in black and white. And when I say it, people think that I'm envious of something, but I'm not. In reality, I have it's, nothing. It's written out in the policy. and But most people, they like don't read it, else, man. they don't read it. it they don't read it. None of them. It, and even if you read it. How many pages is it? Please let us it's, know. It's many pages, but mm-hmm. it's not that, brother. The illustration, the NAIC, National Association of Insurance Commissioners, created in 1990s, created something. They got together. They said, okay, so enough lawsuits. Because of the 1980s interest rates, you guys Mm -hmm. remember, the interest rates were double digits. So the universal life policies, they promised the moon. 
and they showed big numbers and then they vanished because the interest rates dropped. Yeah. So uh, a lot of lawsuits and this and that. So they said, we got to come up with, uh, uh, with something to protect the consumer. Otherwise, we're going to be bombarded with this kind of stuff. So they came up with the NAIC illustration that's supposed to show all the guaranteed values. Mm-hmm. So these people uh, are now seeing the guaranteed values, but they're not understanding because the person who's selling them that is saying this is only in case of apocalypse of of, of you know the world just getting destroyed the ne- next uh, escapades or whatever. What <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> lockdown. <laughs> you know, but but you know this. So this lockdown, yeah. what it did is is. Uh, you know, obviously changed the risk class mm-hmm. for, for the insurance companies. And so a lot of the products that were given the guarantees and whatever, whatever, those things are getting out of the market. And for instance, the, the products that we used to sell to kids, the 10-year payment, whole life policies for mm-hmm. cash building and whatever, as of June 19th, the new policies that we write, for example, with Mass Mutual, they're becoming taxable. They're becoming modified endowment contracts. Whereas before it was they weren't, not taxable. They were, no, no, they were not modified endowment contracts. You could take out that cash and use it without paying any tax on that. So there's some things happening which we're not aware of, many of us. And when you talk about it, some person who does not have any clue of what the insurance industry is about they just stepped into it because they got recruited he's saying all oh, that paul guy is bad news he's talking all kinds of shit about what a, they don't even i mean what do i benefit from right i could be like one of you guys and just say you know come and let's do this and buy whatever it, buy it buy it yeah but i'm yeah. or or talking about those living benefits everybody and their mothers is offering living benefits you know if you throw this thing out of your window right now it'll probably hit somebody and that somebody 99% chance is an insurance agent yeah so um you know and and those guys are offering those benefits they're not even explaining what the deductions from those things are the tax consequences of those things or that they would be they would not be able to get uh, government assistance medicaid or whatever whatever but that's clearly stated in the policy. But I, I can almost assure you, 80-90% of those agents selling that don't even understand no, that. Of course not. They're oblivious none of, to it. None of them do, yeah. bro. Yeah. And then when you call them and you ask them, you know what, can you explain this, this, this? Well, you know what, let me let me read it over and I'll get back yeah. to you. No, you sold me the policy. You should. It should be basically like second, second nature, nature to you. You should know right, right. away what but it is. One of my clients, he did. He did, He was gonna do a re- well. He did a reverse mortgage, and I told him, he's like, I'm doing a loan mod, and I was like, okay, you're, loan you're mod. Yeah, he's like, I'm doing a loan mod. I'm like, listen, <laughs> are you sure you're doing a loan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a gentleman coming over. He's gonna be doing a loan mod for me. I said, listen, you're 80 years old. What, what income are you gonna show that you're gonna be doing a loan mod? Well, he he said he'll explain it to me. <laughs> Three years later, he calls me. Listen, I got into a reverse mortgage. <laughs> That loan mod. I that was loan mod. I was telling you about. The guy screwed me, and now I'm calling him. He's gone. Yeah. He's like, I need your help. He just saw the the, the jar of Vaseline, and he didn't know what yeah. else was coming. So, and the sad part was, it was like they said se- yeah, exactly. They sent him the last, the last, the last. He only uh, saw check. the picture of the Vaseline. Yeah. <laughs> they sent him the last check, and they said, you know, this is this will be the last check we give you. And he's like. Shit, and he's like we own your house. <laughs> the equity I just built in my house is gone, and right. it, and it, there's crooks. There's crooks, like you said. A lot of them don't know what they're doing. They just sell, sell, sell. I mean, I try to do something for our people. You know, whenever they come and they've kind of delayed their retirement planning and whatever. Let's say they're in their late fifties or something, and they own a home. I tell them, look, you know, one day 
you will need to use your house as as a cash cow, you know. But let me help you protect yourself, and let me get you. Let's say you're going to need three hundred thousand dollars or four hundred thousand dollars. Let me get you some coverage for three hundred or four hundred thousand if you can qualify for it. At least when you cash out your house and use it, and then you check out, you die at mm-hmm. the end. Your family will get that money to pay off that property, so they can still own that property, and exactly. the bank won't take it away from them. That's that's what I do whenever they're too late. I mean, obviously, if somebody starts uh, their planning when they're in their 20s or 30s or whatever, I could do a lot more for them. But when they have missed the boat for a long time, but they've done something right, they've bought a property, which is the best thing anybody could do in, mm-hmm. this, in this country. Whenever people ask me about investments or whatever, they expect me to talk about, uh, about stock markets and whatever. You know what? I don't. I talk to them about real estate, and I'm not a real estate agent. You, know, but you, you are know, or you're the, not? I'm not. You're not. But but that's the best thing I could offer. Yeah. I can tell people to do because that's the right thing to do because that's I did a lot of that for myself and you know it uh, it makes me feel secure, it makes me feel strong and why not have guys that I can look in their eyes down the road 10 years, 20 years from now and say hey look you, you know that the guy says I have 13 properties I'm collecting rent on some of them are Airbnb business and I'm making good money. I'm very happy with everything. My net worth looks really big. And I'm strong, you know. I'm like, yeah, that's the right thing to do. And and 100%. you have all the right protection that I've told you to get. And now all your estate taxes and everything will be paid by insurance companies. It costs you pennies on a dollar. So whoever told you, hey, let's put everything into these markets and we'll shift this, we'll shift that. If everybody knew how to shift this and that, how come we have so many people now collecting Pepsi cans when they've worked for 30, 40 years, mm-hmm. that their 401k is funded, and the guys who were there presenting those 401k plans or whatever during their lunch breaks, they were promising them the moon. These guys were going to do 12% every year because that's what the market showed, the averages and whatever, and these guys were going to be so free of any kind of problems and issues, but yet you know, they go to the pharmacy and they pick up only three pills because that's all they can afford, and mm-hmm. they're going to come back next week and pick up some yeah. more when they, they can't afford the get... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So... You know what? That's a sad situation, and 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 you know I want to be the real planner and not the fake planner that just says whatever the mainstream says, fancy you know mountain charts and whatever. But there's a big difference between investment returns and investor returns. What goes into your pocket and what shows up on the mountain charts as being sexy, but uh, the reality can be very different. Very different. I can prove you on numbers. Say if you had ten thousand dollars, you were going to get. Let's say somebody says 30% rate of return, 30% return in two years, 80% gain in the first year, 50% loss in the second year, you end up with $9,000. But your net number on the mountain chart looks like, you know, 30% positive because Mm -hmm. plus 80 minus 50 is 30. And if somebody said, let's do 5% a year guaranteed for two years, you have your $10,000 is now $11,025. So it's a lot more because you got 5% first year's. So what people don't realize is when you're dealing with invest uh, with with um, um, uh, with with investments where there is principal uh, guarantees versus principal sensitive investments, which the markets are principal sensitive, those those numbers, the averages, are nothing. That's only to show investment returns, not investor returns. Big mm. difference between those things. So l- let's slow down there. I, let me just kind of clarify what you said if i heard it correctly ten thousand dollars let's say even if you, you said you if you got a uh 
thirty percent return in no, two no, no. years. No, no, no. So, so this the the way that looks. It's eighty percent gain in the first year, so your money became eighteen thousand. Fifty percent loss. But so when you're looking 9, at the percent, yeah. So when you're looking at the percentages, you lost ten thousand. Ten percent, I mean. No, but percentages is eighty percent positive mm-hmm. minus fifty percent. Your positive still shows as a thirty percent positive for two years. So you're technically fifteen percent per year return because. Your first year, eighty percent minus fifty percent, is showing as thirty percent return. But it's still a your, positive. But your money is ten. Your ten percent exactly. So lost. your investment return looks uh, good, but your investor returns looks horrible. Mm, okay, that's what you're. Okay. Mm. There was a question from uh, Nautic. He says, uh, "What's your take on New York Life Investment Plan life insurance that becomes self-sustaining? It starts paying dividends after a certain point. Are you familiar with that?" Well, New York Life is a good company. Uh, they've been around for a long time, and um, they're a mutual company. They pay dividends, so they don't pay dividends after a certain amount what of years. What does mutual they company mean? Mutual company means that it's not publicly traded. It's owned by its policyholders, and uh, it pays from its divisible surplus a percentage every single year to its policyholders who are buying participating whole life policies. Mm. And so... They're getting the dividends not from a certain year, but they're getting the dividends every single year. They're going to get dividends every single year. They're not guaranteed, but the dividends are not. We're not talking about stock market dividends. So those dividends, once they're paid, they're guaranteed. So it's principal guaranteed. It's not principal sensitive anymore like the markets would be, right? So it has nothing to do with mutual funds. No, 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 mutual no, no. Mutual itself Absolutely, doesn't mean No, okay. no, no, no. Absolutely nothing. And dividends have nothing to do with the stock market dividends. Uh, so it's a good plan. Uh, if they, uh, if that's what they are planning on doing, uh, what they need to do is uh, they need to understand, um, you know, what what the uh, guaranteed factors are in the policy. If they're being told that the policy will pay off in a certain number of years, mm-hmm. uh, then they need to make sure that it's showing on the illustration that guaranteed after a certain number of years, it's not going, it's not going to require any more premiums because if you offset a policy. By not paying the payments, you could in a whole life policy, but it's still going to require payments, which are going to come out of your either dividends or the interest or the cash values, which means that it will weaken the policy after a, num- a certain number of years. Even though those whole life policies will never blow up, unlike the universal lives will, like the index universal lives and VULs, variable universal lives. So it's definitely he's uh, he's doing the right thing, but. Mm-hmm. He needs to just do a little further research and solidify more that what he's getting holds certain guarantees and and, and, and that those numbers are not going to change on him, um, which if he says it's a whole life policy and not just thinks it's a whole life, but it says whole life on it, yeah. he's already on the right track. Well, he mentions here, he says it's a 13-year inve- uh, year interest makes it a self-sustaining. Well, that it's At probably not years. a limited... Uh, then it's uh. then it's not a limited payment policy. Depending on his age, maybe he could look at uh, something that pays off in twenty years, uh, or m- something that he probably doesn't have any more payments after yeah. age sixty-five, so he can fund it all the way to age sixty-five, but has zero cost of insurance on guaranteed basis. So what he needs to get is a limited payment policy, guaranteed limited payment. Now I don't sell New York Life, so I'm not a hundred percent sure of what types of policies exactly they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but that's, uh, you know, as long as he's getting a whole life, but he doesn't, if it's not a limited payment policy, he doesn't, he shouldn't stop paying the payments. He should keep paying the payments. Uh, yeah, and, he and says he's still paying into it because it makes it grow. Right. 
that's what I was going to say next. So if he sees what he's putting in there and, and how much it's growing, the difference and how much more death benefit that policy is buying for him, you know, the premiums that he's paying, the dividends usually are used to get paid up additions. He's going to be so much ahead of the game. And those debt benefits and the cash values are tax-free. Where else is he going to put that money where he's getting that type of return, you know? So, but when, when you mention illustrations, um, aren't there usually three illustrations in the policy where one is projected, one is right. actual, one is kind of worst-case scenario? Or Right. So which one should they be looking at? They should they should be looking at the entire thing. But, you know, when he's talking about the guaranteed whole life, if it's a guaranteed whole mm -hmm. life, then he's going to have on the guaranteed basis the policy continue all the way to age, his age 121 without payments ever going up. But if he's looking at a universal life index or variable or whatever, and he's looking at the illustration on guaranteed values, his policy is going to show zeros after a certain number of years for the death benefit, and he's going to show zeros for the cash value. That means the insurance company is not guaranteeing him anything. It's mm. so not not a smart thing to do because the premium of the insurance portion went up it, and it, it yes it sucked out so all the, the cost cash of savings. insurance yes the cost of insurance goes up this is where you know you you see people talking from both sides of their mouth when they talk about those types of policies uh, so w they're telling you these cash values are for you and your future so you call the insurance company and say okay so if I took out these cash values and I used has my cost of insurance gone up they're going to say yes. And then say, okay, so if it's gone up, are you going to ask me to pay a higher payment? They're going to say yes. Well, if I can't afford it at age 65, I'm 32 now. You know, if I'm at 65 and I can't afford it, or I'm at age 70, I can't afford it, what happens? They're going to tell you your policy will lapse. lapse. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's not good. So what, what am I supposed to do? Well, you're supposed to leave enough cash value in your policy to cover your cost of insurance and all that. Well, if I'm going to leave the money there for you guys to use it, why am I getting it? thinking that I'm going to use it for myself, for my retirement supplementing, you know? Mm. We'll, we'll get into as far as, you know, the differences between the term and the whole life, but we have a couple more questions. Uh, Greg asks, he says, just got a term policy with Trevent. Are they a reliable company? Um, I'm not too sure uh, if... Uh, it matters if they're reliable or not as much as uh, does the po what kind of benefits does the policy have. Uh, meaning, well, you, when you're buying term, you're going to think that the term doesn't really have too many uh, other benefits or options. But the term policy needs to be convertible. So when somebody's buying a term insurance policy, they should pay attention to, is this a convertible policy? I, I don't mean convertible like going you know, with your top down and smoking a cigar. I'm talking about a policy that can be converted to a permanent life insurance policy without showing evidence of insurability, without giving medical exams and all that. Mm. Number two, you should look into, does that company have uh, you know, permanent policies to convert to down the road? You know? And um, if those things are in place and you're paying the right premium, uh, then, uh, you know, that, then you're in the right situation. Because term insurance, if you were to outlive that policy, and it didn't have those other benefits like conversion and all that, it's not, it's not worth the paper it's written on. You know, it's good if you died in the short number of years, yeah. but if you outlived it and it didn't have a privilege for you to convert the policy, then it's not worth it. But if somebody's really young and they're getting a, a term policy, I think they should probably look at uh, getting a policy that refunds your money at the end of 30 years or whatever if you outlive the policy, like a cash back term. Like a return of premium, right? 
Right, but called. then there's there's the return of premium policies, which is a, just a rider, an additional mo- thing mm-hmm. that you put on a term insurance policy. And uh, those things don't really have paid-up additions. Like, it's not a whole-life chassis. There's a cashback term policy that I'm talking about that is built on a whole-life chassis. So it has paid-up insurance. So you stop paying the payments, and the debt benefit continues. Uh, a certain amount of debt benefit continues. And there is also extended term insurance, just like a whole life policy would have. So if you couldn't pay for a certain number of years because you got you lost your job or you had other financial uh, you know, unexpected issues take place and you're not paying for it, your policy is going to continue for another three years, five years, six years without paying the payment. Mm. That's going to, you know, whenever there's trouble, there's issues, what's the best thing you want to hear from somebody, whether it's a doctor's office or whatever you're at? Well, here's your option, right? Mm-hmm. That, that word option mm-hmm. in crisis is the best thing you could hear, right? So well, if you're told that there's no options, that's when you really feel like, oh, man, you know? So for, let's say, a young couple getting married at 30, they're planning on having kids, buying a house. Mm-hmm. A, lot of, a lot of them are, rec- for example, here's, here's the philosophy that's, that I've heard presented is you get a 30-year term insurance. It's the least expensive. Because by the time you pay off your mortgage, let's say you have a half a million dollar mortgage, mm-hmm. you should get half a million dollars of life insurance coverage because if, if, you, if you die prematurely, then at least your mortgage is paid off so your family is not left without a home. Now, after 30 years, your mortgage is paid off, then at that point, you have the option if you want to continue and get reevaluated for a new policy or you just don't get a policy. But that's, the, that's how the least expensive expensive option is usually presented but from your perspective what should what should a 30 year old couple be looking at is it more of a lifelong yeah that's uh, what i was well, going to actually ask well, paul well, what, here's what would be the, the best option here's here's the thing okay first of all uh, it makes a difference of your ability to pay okay so if you could afford to have uh, a permanent policy from the age of 30, mm-hmm. that's probably the best time to buy that permanent policy because you're getting the best rate you will ever get. Today's the youngest you will ever be. Tomorrow you'll be a day older. And, and so that's one thing. Number two is, uh, you know, do you just want to cover your $500,000 mortgage? Because it, sometimes what I do is I, I, I kill the client, basically. I, I tell them, the husband and wife sitting, I ask them a question. Like, I'm so sorry, brother, I got to try this. But, uh, you know, I turn to the wife and I say, I'm so sorry for your loss. You know, I lost your husband yesterday. You know, you have five minutes to uh, ask for, hum- uh, you know, as much money as you want. But it's just one chance, one chance. Please think about it. Don't give me an emotional answer of a billion dollars or whatever. But please be logical. What do you owe? How many kids? Uh, what is going to cost you to raise them and this and that? And give me a real number. You have that five-minute window of opportunity to get that money. So if you ask a million dollars, I'll give you a million dollar check. And they go quiet for a minute. And they think about it. And the, the, the truth, you know, the moment of truth. And then they're like, um, well, I would probably need a million dollars. And in this case, you know, if the person had just $500,000 mortgage, if you just yeah. covered the $500,000 mortgage, but there's still living expenses and other things that the, the wife is going to need. And if, especially if they already had one baby or two kids or whatever. No, that five hundred thousand dollars is not going to do it. So the way I would approach them is, I would say, you know what? Um, let's look at income replacement. Okay. So if the guy was making, 
let's say, I don't know, $100,000 a year income, I would say let's do at least 10 times your annual income because if your wife was able to, with the help of some professionals, get about 10% returns on your money, investing it, you know, diversifying it, real estate investment trusts and some real estate, some mutual funds, some bonds and this and that, whatever, at the end of the day, 10%, then she could replace that $100,000 income. And your family and your kids will still have the lifestyle that you guys were dreaming about every night. And and so, but if something happens to you, you know, at the end of 30 years or after 30 years, at least, you know, you now have a lot less liabilities. So if the way I do it is, is I offer them uh, to get like a combination of policies, right? So I would say, let's get a little bit of whole life. Let's say a hundred thousand of whole life and $900,000 of term in one policy. Well, mm-hmm. I can do that. We have combo policies like that. And I, I also put a disability waiver of premium just in case the guy, what if they didn't die, but they became disabled, yeah. can't work, can't pay the payments. Does that mean they're going to lose their insurance protection? No, they shouldn't. You know, So that protection covers them. And every single year, the difference between me and, and some other people is that I just I keep three people on full payroll just to make phone calls every single year to 10,000 clients that I have to bring them to the office so we can do reviews for them. And some people sometimes get mad. They're like, oh, your girls are just bothering the hell out of us because we keep getting phone calls every single year. Like, yeah, because things change in your life. What if that beneficiary you named is dead already and, mm-hmm. you know, we didn't know about it, right? And we got to change him or your your husband that was your beneficiary just went on medical or whatever because of a certain health condition. You want to remove him from the beneficiary and name your son as a primary beneficiary. Things like that. But also for the younger couples or the younger guys, Hey, let's see. Are you making more money? Do you think you can afford a little more? Did you get rid of a payment from last year? Let's convert some of your $900,000 term policy into a whole life part of it and start building some cash. Because at the end of the day, you're a new couple. You just started. You are going to have a new baby or just had a new baby. You're going to need to have some funds for your kid's education and things. So you start supplementing that with a disability waiver. Because if you just bought a uh, uh, when I got a 529 plan, you're not protected for disability from that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's other things that are going to make it worse because, first of all, you know, if that kid wants to get a scholarship or a government grant or something and that policy, uh, that thing shows up on your tax returns, which it will, then that kid will automatically get disqualified from that grant or the scholarship. Oh. But if it's inside your policy, it doesn't show up anywhere, so they could still end up getting that. Or if that kid said, uh, like the subject we were talking about, don't want to go get qualified higher education, that whole money becomes taxable mm. in a 529 situation. It doesn't if it was inside your pol- life insurance policy. When, when you say it's not taxed, even is it, is it, is it tax deferred? or it's No, it's not. It's, it shows up as a policy loan, so it's not taxed. It's a loan against your death benefit, so it's not mm. taxable. I see. Okay. So, wow, that, that, that's it. For example, let's say if I'm putting away, say... You know, five hundred dollars a month for my kids. So twenty years from now, they have whatever they need to go to to go mm. to the school of their choice. That five hundred dollars a month, from what you're saying, would first of all earn a higher interest and like guaranteed four percent interest annually and 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 dividends. So probably uh, be somewhere around between five and a half to six point twenty five percent interest. And then when I, I don't have to pay taxes on the interest earned, no. right? No, because Let's say if it's in a savings CD, whatever it is, you're paying taxes. I mean, the interest is less than 2%. Unless so you deposited $5 million, then it'll give you 4%. But 
Yeah. 80% is hard but to see, find us. What I want to know is after how many years is it that you don't get, that you get a tax break from it? What if Armand opens up a policy, he's paying 500 bucks a month, he pays it for about 5 years. His kids are six, so they're not. There's no way any of them are going to college unless they become geniuses. But uh, six years later, Armand decides to cash out. Does he pay? Like, no. what happens there? No. So it, it it doesn't make a difference what year you do it in. Obviously, in the earlier years, you're probably still not ahead of the game. So basically, what you paid minus cost of insurance and everything, you're upside you're down. Not, basically, you're, yeah. So you don't have a gain. But even if you had a gain, let's say past ten years. I'm sorry, past ten years. Then you're you're still not going to pay taxes because you're taking out a policy loan. I see. But and that that uh, that that policy loan amount goes against your death benefit, so it will be reduced at uh, you know down the road when you pass out, uh, in, <laughs> or pass away. Pass away. We pass, call it expire. Uh, you know, <laughs> I was going to say I was going to say check word. out. You know, check. <laughs> but uh, that's a that's a nice way of putting it. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so w- w- when you die, basically, I'm sorry, that's a bad term it's to use, but uh, die. <laughs> but I was trying to be polite, you know. <laughs> you guys forced me, but uh, anyway. Uh, so yeah, that time that's that's what gets reduced from the overall death benefit is is uh, whatever was taken out of your cash value. Ah, okay. So I'm 40 years old. Okay. <laughs> wow. I plan on living till I'm 120 because that's the whole life. Right now, if you do, you get a lot of money in your hands because that's called the endowment policy. That means your policy is endowed. So at the age of one twenty, whatever whatever your total death benefit is, which will have grown to be a tremendous amount of money, maybe a couple million dollars or something, they give it to you. And if you, uh, you know, uh, that's the check that kills you. But my my question is this: Let's say I'm forty. I want to sign up. I want to get a life insurance policy. But for example, the round number is one million dollars of coverage. Okay. Uh, but I don't want the cost of insurance to go up every year or every 10 or 20, 30 years. And I want to have an investment, some, some type of cash value, whether it be uh, for kids' tuition or, like you mentioned for earlier. For retirement, as far as, supplementing. Yeah, retirement or you know, I want to pick up a Ferrari like <laughs> you yeah. and drive it in there. <laughs> but I started mine when I was 27 <laughs> and I started putting $3,100 a month into that policy where I bought the Ferrari yeah. with. But I mean, even so, the later one I bought, I, I, uh, the, the policy in 2012, I got another policy, yeah. start putting more money into it. But is there such a policy that for as long as I'm alive, the cost of insurance is not going to go up? That's a guaranteed whole life That's policy. a guaranteed whole life. whole life. yeah. And it still has, but I'm assuming then the the cost of insurance is probably at at first going to seem higher than, let's say, a term right. or a universal right. or a variable right. universal, right? Because they calculate your entire uh, life's worth of cost of insurance and they even Average it out, out yeah. and that's that's what you're paying. But you're paying something stable. Uh, you know, it's it's like uh, having um, having a, a higher income every month, uh, for example, but uh, having your your uh, monthly expenses going up every single year, uh, you're not going to get wealthy. But if you had a, sl- a lower income, that's why when sometimes you see some people working for the county. And they have six houses. And you're like, how the hell did you do that? I had a business. I was making more money than you. <laughs> but your expenses were going up. And this guy that was working for the county had a solid eight to five job, was making eighty thousand dollars a year. Now has five houses. And you only have one, and you feel like you know you're going. If you don't work for two months, you're going to be bankrupt. That's the difference, you know, in the situation of proper having planning. a proper yeah. whole life plan with the guarantees and the 
disability waivers. And I mean, I have clients now that are not paying payments, and I'm talking about $500, $5,300 a month and whatever policy payment for a large policy, uh, that they're in disability. And, and uh, the insurance company is paying the it on their behalf. Waiver. Right. Yeah. So, and they still have access to it, as if you had a, a bank where you're putting 1000 bucks a month every month for, as a savings, and your bank gave you an agreement where you bring a, a, a note from your doctor or you know, fill out their form, claim forms or whatever, and the, if the doctor verified that for six months or longer you can't perform the daily duties of your occupation, you're disabled, they start putting a thousand bucks on your behalf in that same account. You could go take it out as if you were putting the money in there, and your life insurance is paid for. You're not paying for it. Mm. See, every case is, I guess, different, wow. man. Every family is different. Every person is different. You can be a county employee, like he was saying. It'll, your your policy is completely different. You could be a business <laughs> owner. Your policy is completely different. Everybody's everybody goes from case to case. It's completely different. Well, yeah, individual planning. That's why it's supposed to be individual planning. And that's why when people get brochures and they get all excited about something or their friend over a cup of coffee says, oh, I just got this policy. It's the best thing you should get it to. Well, their situations are two different exactly. situations and it doesn't fit them. But See, Narek's case was, Narek was saying that after a certain time, the interest basically pays for itself as far as the, the interest pays the policy But he shouldn't itself? let that happen because that means that he's using the policy's earning potential to pay for itself. He's not paying. If he stops paying for that, if he got a policy that's limited payment policy, that means it doesn't have any more cost of insurance after 20 years. Or for those kids that we write, it's for 10 years. Mm -hmm. You pay it off in 10 years. You know, if it's paid off, then you can't pay any more payments. It's done. That means there's no cost of insurance. That means the policy is still growing, same rate, same guaranteed rate, same dividends and everything, but it has zero cost of insurance. It's building. But when you let that policy pay for itself, and if the dividend scales change and the dividends drop and whatever, the purpose of the then policy. they're going to ask you to pay um, payments again. And if you're older and you're asked to pay a payment and you can't afford it, you're going to end up hurting the policy. So but let's say you have a 20-year policy or a 30-year policy, right? And after, let's say they say after 15 years, it kind of balances itself out. And after 15 years, you don't have to pay. You don't, they say you don't have to pay. Keep paying as long as you can. Right. If you bought a whole life policy, keep funding it until you're going to go to no, retirement. No, I'm not talking about whole life. I'm talking about like a 30 year or 40 uh, year. A 30 year term policy, if you don't pay for two months, you've lost that policy. You have nothing anymore. Term insurance basically has no values. It's just pure cost of insurance. If you stop paying the cost of insurance, you lose your coverage. So the, co the policy is dead. Dead. That's um, it. That's okay. it. But, but when, you, when you said a minute ago, as far as uh, you've paid 10 or 20 years into it and then you're done. Well, how, well it? if it's a limited payment whole life policy, the contract is for 20 years. That means it pays off. It has zero cost of insurance after 20 years. Or there's a policy that pays off at age 65. It's called a paid up 65 policy. Mm -hmm. That means it has zero cost of insurance after age 65. It's paid off. It doesn't require any more cost. It doesn't have anything. There's no dividends coming to pay for any more cost of insurance. It's paid off. But who's paying for the insurance? There's no more that? cost. It's only, it was figured out. That's why it's, it costs more money to buy that limited payment Your policy. Your monthly is much higher in those. Expenses. Right. But you paid it off early. So some guys that are making good money, strong money, they want to pay it off early. Mm. They pay it off early. So when they get older, they don't, they don't want to rely on paying it. Or for the kids when they buy it, uh, you know, you pay off in 10 years. You're earning right now. It's good. Put 500 bucks or 1000 bucks per child. And then you stop paying after 10 years. That kid's policy is paid off for the rest of that kid's life. 
but and they could use the cash value anytime they want. Uh, still, the death benefit will be left to his children, his grandchildren. So it's a great gift. But as far as so, but if you were to take the two, let's say a regular whole life insurance policy that the premium doesn't change, the cost of insurance doesn't go up, versus the, the, the limited tw- pay, the limited pay. Which one? Same amount of coverage, same amount of. Well, the payments won't be the same, but same amount of uh, life insurance coverage. coverage. Which one would accumulate, as far as if you calculate the compound interest, which one would accumulate more cash value? The difference will not be in the interests. The difference would be, first of all, if you, let's say, were 30 years old and you were looking at 865 to see in which one you have more money. Uh, so if you kept paying more money into it, obviously, all the way until 865 versus mm-hmm. you stopped paying when you were 50. So those 15 years that you didn't pay, even though you were paying less payment on the one that was continuous payments, but you'd probably have ended up paying more money for it. So obviously, you'll have more money in that policy. But um, the limited payment policy at some point will outperform the other policy because it has no more cost of insurance. So after 20 years, if you stop paying for it, in year 35 or 40 or something, you'll be definitely ahead of the other policy because it has no more cost. It just keeps growing enormously versus the other policy still has a cost. Because what the comparison that I'm mentally trying to make is, and I don't know if this is true, is the same as, for example, let's say a 5% interest account, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the difference between putting 100000 mm-hmm. once or putting $10,000 a year for 10 years, right? The 100000 is going to be uh, have a bigger uh, cash value, more interest earned in 20 years because you started with 100 right. versus it took you 10 years to put 100 here. So is that kind of the same concept as same, far as... Kind of the same concept because if you paid it off in, in uh, 20 years and there's no more cost, so that money is already there. The other one still has cost, although you keep paying and you keep, end up paying more money to it, you're still going to be behind the other policy, which has zero cost, and it just keeps growing. How much of a difference? Is it like five times more, to, well, I mean, on average? Unless or? you're making some very significant income, I would probably uh, not look at getting the limited payment policy. I would look at getting adequate amount of coverage so you're not underinsured. Um, uh, you know, if you have mortgages, you know, more than one or whatever, and, and you know, you want these things to be covered because... You got to understand, and he will tell you, when you have a, let's say a situation, the mortgage is under your name and something happened to you and your wife now, she has to either transfer the, the mortgage into her name if mm-hmm. her income and everything is sufficient to do, or the the, the uh, uh, loan can be cold. Basically, she would have to, she has a certain number of months or I think nine days that she has to do that transfer. She has to refinance it under her name. Otherwise, uh, you know, if the, if she can't pay it, they foreclose, yeah. she, they'll foreclose on that property. A lot of people get all, you know, new home happy and, and they forget about getting that protection. And, you know, um, then if something happens to the owner, you know, the, whoever's name the title's on, uh, or not the title, title, the really mortgage, the, the, no, mortgage, the, the loan, yeah. uh, that person needs to have an adequate amount of protection. So, those are the things that I would look at. I would yeah. not just get somebody all hyped up about, hey, man, look at how much cash value you're going to build up. I would, first of all, want to get all the angles covered. How much does it cost to raise a kid? We never do the math, right? We just throw emotional about our kids. But each kid from age 0 to age 20 is about $240,000 cost. Mm-hmm. We never think about that. So you have a, if you God blessed you with two kids, 
you need to have $500,000 minimum just for them. Either, you know, call your bank and check out if that there you have some spare $500,000 laying somewhere. Sell your and kids. just and 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 <laughs> or or get $500,000 of life insurance. Yeah. You know. I, I always tell my clients, anytime they're refining or like the, the rate that they lock in is so low where they're comfortable with the payments, I say, look into some sort of mortgage protection plan. Just in yeah. case, God forbid. You're, especially the ones that are self-employed. Oh, yeah. I tell them, if, if, you're, if you're self-employed and you're paying yourself and you're not a county employee, you're not a federal employee, anything like that where you're guaranteed a salary, look into it. I'm not saying get it, but I'm saying look into it. And when they, write, when they speak to the right person about it, most of them sign up. Well, when you say mortgage insurance, mortgage protection, protection, does that mean if I go out of a job? If not, no. go out of the job. If, if you became disabled, yes. disabled, and uh, my mortgage is then paid. you have yes. You know, you it's get not a mortgage insurance. Mortgage insurance is when basically you're putting less than twenty percent down. That's what the mortgage insurance and is for. That's to protect the, the bank, bank. not for you. That's, that's not you're yeah, paying my, for the bank yeah. to have insurance at that. Right. Point. Yeah. Whereas mortgage protection is basically if you're working and your wife's not working, she's stay at home mom. God forbid something happens to you, your mortgage protection comes in and basically. Help helps you. Pays I, the mortgage I asked that question because there's a lot of during the death it pays off the mortgage, yeah. and you, you also get a disability protection where if you became disabled, it gives you a certain. It doesn't cover your mortgage. It gives you based on your income a certain monthly Amount, income to yeah. cover your mortgage. It, it helps. It helps basically give you a little bit of a a push as so, far as protecting sort of like you. unemployment, but Somewhat. for your mortgage. Uh, yeah, but unemployment is something that you pay unemployment taxes yeah. and you have some protection for a limited amount of time and all that. But this disability insurance, it gives you a, um, it gives you a income tax-free benefit when you're disabled and you can't work for 90 days or more. Sometimes you get a 30-day waiting period, but um, that's you know, to to really do like an income replacement because the amount that you get is tax-free and you, they, you can get up to 65% of your W-2, uh, which almost comes to be the same thing if you're not paying tax on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look at it this Definitely. way. Let's say you're a mechanic and you have your own mechanic shop and forklift falls on your hand or something happens and you break your hand and you can't work, that will basically help protect you. Well, those yes occupation classes no. don't get insured, brother. That's well, the problem. That's, no, as far as thing, as far as uh, mortgage protection. You, they, you can't buy it. Really? Yes. Some industries. Some industries you can't get insurance. Roofers, you can't probably. Get. So well, no, roofers is the worst, man. Roofers, you can't get insurance on anything. No, you can get life insurance, but you can't yeah, get... Yeah, life the, insurance. Yeah, but I mean, that's, the, that's <laughs> because of what they're doing. <laughs> the final payout. Right? Exactly. <laughs> well, the, the uh, disability insurance, is, you know, uh, unless they have, uh, let's say, a union or something that they're working for, uh, or their company as a corporation offers a group benefit, disability benefit, there's really nothing they can, the only thing they can rely on is the st- uh, SDI, the state disability yeah. income. Otherwise, they can't get private mortgaging. I really? Mean, private I, thought, I thought a mechanic or something like that would. I, I figured it was more of the... They need it most, and that's why they can't get it, because the insurance industry looks at them as the higher risk, high and risk. they don't want to, yeah. But, but then you have to be also, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, is, a lot of these guys, unfortunately, work cash. And how do you get 
that even if they don't work cash, a lot of the people who are business owners, they end up having so many expenses. And after everything is said and done, they're left with so little. And when they want to, you know, if they're not W-2, and that's another reason why you want to have the W-2, because you want to show at least the steady income, mm-hmm. whether it's for qualifying for a mortgage or for qualifying for a disability insurance. So you can get a, at least a solid amount because... When they go with the self-employed situation and they look at the line 32, which is the adjusted gross income, and it shows up at $32,000, but you grossing, you know, $450,000. And I go, okay, so if they gave me $1,800 a month disability income, what am I going to do with Nothing. that? You shoot yourself in the foot. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. You go get a gun and shoot yourself. Yeah. Well, <laughs> You get that, your that, wife to get you cash out on the life that, insurance. See, that's, why, that's why I tell all my clients. I say, they come to me, they go, I want to buy a house. I'm like, fantastic. And I go, how much, how much money did you make last year? And they, they give you the amount and they say, okay, so have you done your taxes? Yes. Okay, how much did you show on your taxes? 12000 like, $12, I'm like, why? He goes, well, I didn't want to pay the taxes. Well, well they come, come with the Bentley and they say, you know, <laughs> oh my God, don't get me started. That's another thing, right? Uh, oh God. They're like, yeah, we're well, like, oh, well, you know, I wrote this off, wrote that off, wrote this off. I'm like, bro, you wrote everything in your mother off right somehow you're gonna have to pay for it yeah and i tell them all the time i said listen just don't do your taxes you have until october 14 literally you have until october well as far as personal uh, corporate it's september but i said you have until that time to not do your taxes we'll find you a place we'll tell you how to file your taxes and you never know maybe you don't even need to file that much but no what do they decide to do they go decide to go to joe schmo in north hollywood and have him fix up the loan and Oh, God. Yeah. Shoot themselves in the foot even worse. Pay an arm and a leg. Because they're saying, I thought that if I if I waited and, and, and you told me that my down payment was going to be paid to Uncle Sam. Yeah. It, it's, it's funny how many people will go to as many, I don't even want to call them professionals because they're not, but specialists until they hear what they want to hear. Like if of they course. come to you, you tell them the truth. They don't want to hear it. They'll no. go get a little somebody else, and, and then somebody else. And this happens in medicine too. The other day, somebody was telling me about how there was. Oh yeah, it was a physician that I had I had a meeting with at a hospital in Arcadia. He's like, um, he's like, we had a patient where uh, the guy has brain cancer, and um, they they seek a specialist, a neuro oncologist basically and one of them said this is this is what the uh, treatment is they said well we want a second opinion mm-hmm. okay great second opinion is common so they get a second opinion same option this is the only option you have says well let's get a third they're like okay third is usually an Over. exception but fine we'll get you a third opinion they get a third same answer she's like i want a fourth opinion and this doc says listen you're already your fourth opinion, you're going to have to pay cash for it. Your insurance is not going to cover for it. Like, okay, then we'll just go with one of the first three opinions. It's like, what, you're going to go through 18 different opinions until you hear what you want to hear? Yeah. I mean, the two, the three told you is exactly. Is that person going to make it to the 18? <laughs> well, here's the thing. A, a lot of <laughs> That's a different. I mean, there's <laughs> really. Yeah. Here's the thing. The problem is they run away from the truth. That's what it yeah. is. Like, when they come to me and they say, okay, I, w- I want to buy a place. I say, okay. You know, I send them to the lender. The lender says, okay, listen, you got to pay $20,000 in taxes. Well, why the hell would I pay $20,000 in taxes to buy a house? Well, you know, that's what you have to do because yeah. that's what you have to show X amount of income. And in order to show X amount of income, this is how much you have to pay in taxes. What do they do? No. They'll, like I said, they'll go to Joe Schmo in North Hollywood and they'll pay $15,000 in closing costs to have him basically reverse everything. And all of a sudden they come back to me. They go, 
I paid $30,000 in closing costs and fees and this and this. I'm like, well, you could have avoided all that and just paid your taxes and... And you look good with... And, and you would have paid the IRS. Yeah. No, that would have changed your overall buying power. IRS doesn't give a shit if you're looking yeah. good or bad. You, you're <laughs> fixing yourself up for other things. You know, you're setting yourself up for other advantages that you can take as showing... With a bigger buying power, you could do anything else. I mean, what if you saw something really good come up and you could, uh, you know, benefit from and, and you ended up buying that too? You already paid the taxes. Yeah. Might as well use that. There's right. so many people where they, they'll pay the taxes and then they'll buy whatever they need to buy. And then all of a sudden another opportunity comes up and they go, oh, shit, now I want to buy this. And then you're like, you know what? You've paid your taxes. You've paid your dues. You qualify for it. Yeah. You, let's jump on that one now. I don't know. I don't know. You just... Uh, you got, you, got to, you got to listen to the experts at the end of the days when it comes to certain... But, but that's the problem is how do you pick... We always say this. How do you find the expert? How do you pick do your the, research. Well, look at the person's history. Look at what, look at what they've accomplished. Look what, at how many... Okay, I want to look at your history. How am I going to look at your history? Yeah, Paul's go to, history. How go am to I going to Zill, look at You go to Zillow, go to Redfin, go to everything. You'll see my track record. You see, you see the reviews from real clients, from real people. But the ones who are screwing their clients over, are you going to see the negative reviews? I'll be honest with you. The ones that are shadier, you won't find them online. No, there's ones that are shady oh. and they have overhyped accounts. What are you talking no, about? No, man. Uh, it's I mean, very even rare. guys like that that are, are becoming uh, high-power politicians. They're the shadiest thing. They make them look so good. It's not even funny, you know? Adam Schiff? <laughs> well, you know... <laughs> I'm, Did you I, say? Hey, shit? look! I, I thought Did we weren't supposed shit? to say names, man. <laughs> you know, but, but you know, the, that moron the, is a pass, bro. You can the reality, <laughs> the reality is that you know uh, they can make anything look good. Okay, they can make anything look any which way you want. Okay, but the truth is, there are certain guidelines you got to follow. You know, in our industry, you know, if uh, you're dealing with, so let me ask you a question. I know that. One day I was online and I saw that, uh, you know, somebody was talking. Oh, you were saying during the quarantine that I want to get into maybe a, a, a new job or something like get into a, a multi-level situation or whatever. Me as in. Right. I you, were, you were you were joking. And ah, somebody okay. somebody commented. There was many people that commented in there. And, you know, uh, it, it's it's, you know. How can there be uh, professionalism in a place where it's about a headcount, right? About yeah. bringing more people in. You have to have this many legs and they grow this way or whatever, whatever. It's a pyramid, and isn't it? Essentially. But how can you expect those guys to be the professionals? Or uh, if there's nothing else you could do to get to the bottom of things... Ask them to give you... I mean, it's very simple. For the 20 years I got gray hair talking about this on Armenian TV, I've asked many people, just ask for the guarantees. Ask for the guarantees, please. So if you're going to do something, somebody's going to come and talk to you about insurance, is going to tell you, well, you're going to have this much cash value. You're going to have this for your retirement. You're going to have that for your child's education. This and, is this guaranteed, my friend? How does this thing work? Show me on a black and white from your company. Do not write this stuff down on a piece of paper and, and hand it to me, okay? I want to see on your company's policy, policy yeah. the guarantees, the guaranteed values. And, and, and if they show you all the guaranteed values, you know how I said it, it's irrelevant, the company's name. Look at the benefits that the policy has. I'm not against any company. But you know what? I'm against people selling uh, something that's not what it is. Upselling yeah. it, yeah. 
you know, it's it that's that's what sucks. Well, it's not just upselling it. I remember when <coughs> years ago I used to I used to sell life insurance as well, and with these, the unfortunate thing about these equity index universal lives at the time were that we had a very simple option when we were submitting the policy or presenting it. I forget what that one option was called, but you could click on it where my commission would double, but the cash value of the client would fall fall pretty much almost in half. And But they, they really didn't know that. So imagine how many agents could, and again, I don't know if that's still the case these days with variables or equity index universal life policies, but imagine how many agents around the country would probably click that and say, and you could see your commission. Oh, it's eight grand. You click on that and it's 16. like 15 grand or six. Wow. You're like, oh, wow, I should, the 15 grand sounds more sounds tempting. Better, sounds better. And I, I never did that because my, again, Ethic, for me, my, yeah, to it's me, your conscience, man. I'd rather sell two policies than one screw the client over. But I can assure you, majority of agents may have done that and um, but it would always surprise me why these companies would allow give us that much control as far as let me just click on this and double my commission they're paying either way well, bro, whether they pay you or the other person well yeah, you see uh, that again the whole thing is smoke in the mirrors uh, because when you choose option B in that mm -hmm. policy where it's showing increasing debt benefit and you're supposedly showing that the debt benefit is going to increase, it's going to be like an inflation-proof type of a policy. Again, that's not guaranteed. It's all just hypothetical figures. So you can get somebody more excited and that the, the policy, you can show that. But the minute you turn around and, and want to look at the guarantees, it doesn't matter if you chose option A or option B, the guarantees are the same. The debt yeah. benefit guarantees and the cash value guarantees are going to be same they're going to be zeros mm. Narek, to answer your question no it was in primerica because primerica doesn't sell equity index universal life theirs is all about term from what i understand yeah. right? right yeah no Can it was it was a different company that i was actually at the time i was an imo i don't know if they still have imos yeah the i am uh so you had uh, a master contract yeah. and you had a bunch of agents under you well technically we even had mgas and gas under us right IMO, we were one of only 80 IMOs in the country. IMO is? Insurance Marketing Organization. Ah, I see. Well, um, thanks for clarifying that, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, come on. You guys sitting here, we don't know this Look, stuff. I've you, you, you were like, where the hell is your tattoos, right? Like, IMO sounds like some kind of shady <laughs> some <shit>. gang. <laughs> I was going to go under the table. No, but, but I remember the meeting we had with the, with the RVP of the company. At the time, it was Indianapolis Life, and then they got bought out by Aviva. Yeah. Uh, so we meet this... This and then the day name changed again and Athene life and this and that life. I didn't follow after. Yeah. We, we, you know, I, I went into healthcare and uh, senior care, got out of the financial insurance industry. But, but yeah, I remember meeting the RVP. His name was uh, Bob. Very nice southern Most man. Most of them are Bob. No, yeah. Bob's. Yeah. yeah. It's a generic Bob's. name. It's a generic <laughs> name. Very generic yeah. name. Bob. <laughs> All the R insurance RVP. Bob. The Tom, Dick, and Harry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Exactly. Exactly. And oh, uh, surprisingly, and we were young too. I was 20, 25. Argo was 24. We were business partners and uh, we convinced them to give us an IMO contract. And, uh, yeah, them. but the minute you don't do the promised numbers, let's say you... 
they probably asked you to do a million dollars of premium a year or something through your I, group, and if you don't do that, I don't remember what. Yeah, I, I don't. But remember they put the a numbers. number when yeah. they give you the because they may as have. an IMO, you probably get one hundred and thirty-five hundred forty. I was under one hundred forty percent. Yeah, and yeah. and so uh, the minute you don't crack that nut, they're gonna be like yeah. all over you know. <laughs> but there's no benefits, you know. See, that's another thing. A yeah. lot of if there's any agents watching us, and they're interested in getting into the business. If you want to treat this as a career, guys, if you're really serious about this, you should not get into a situation like that because there's no renewals. There's, if uh, I've always gone with the lower commission, but with a more solid contract with the renewals and with the guarantees and everything for my future. There were no renewals with IMOs. No, I mean you're getting 140 points. There's not you get you get renewals from your book of business from your agents not yeah so whatever from distribution my understanding, you give so bob made more money off of you than you no, thought no 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 from my understanding like an imo would be okay you have you have your agents working under you your agent closes a deal you get a cut from it but right. as far as renewal wise you don't get a cut you get if you put your agents underneath you a certain percentage lower than you because at some point some of the higher guys you're going to give the house away mm -hmm. but you know whatever's left between them that's what you end up getting but the renewals for that type of business is really next to nothing yeah. but um, <clears throat> in my in the way we work and the general agent through IMO let's say Indianapolis Life mm -hmm. or anybody like that uh, a general agent doesn't mean that they're a general agent like in my world what a general agent means right. it's a totally different thing we get uh, a huge package It's not uh, getting just a contract, you know. Uh, to get rid of a general agent for that type of a company, they could just tell them your contract's been terminated in the letter. Mm -hmm. In our situation, it's a whole package that, you know, severance package, this and that, you know. Uh, you know, you end up uh, getting your business, paying you millions of dollars for, um, you know, renewals and all that. You, so it, it's a different story, but, but that's building a career. What you're talking about is just trying to do a quick hit and run, you know. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> there you go. Jeez, I guess I'm not a professional. It was a hit and run. <laughs> wow, bam, thank you. Man. Were you good at those? Hence the reason why you're in the healthcare industry now. Yeah. Well, w look, I mean, if if we had stayed in it, we would have done. I'm sure you would have. Really but what well. year was this? Though? What year was this? Well, I got out of before it before the 08. recession. Yeah, '07, '08 is when we so got. Again, out you of don't it. you don't know what would have happened. You would have you would have learned the industry. I'm sure, knowing uh, you know your abilities of picking things up and and whatever, you would have picked that up and yeah. you would have said, you know, screw this stuff. These big numbers, whatever they show, it doesn't mean anything. You know, those guys that are getting the 50% commission plus bonuses plus renewals plus benefits. You know, this and that. Their their four uh, hundred k plans are getting funded, non contributory defined benefit plans, this and that. Shit, these guys yeah, end up, up making yeah. big bucks. And then you talk to these guys, and their annual incomes are a million dollars, two million dollars, or whatever. Yours, you keep working your ass off at one hundred forty percent commission. You're making three hundred fifty thousand dollars. And these are all off the small accounts, basically. That you're mentioning no, but you know you're doing proper planning for the whole thing. You know. It's Paul's going to convince me to go back into insurance. <laughs> no, man, dude, can, can we dip into the <laughs> well, life insurance policies for the older folks in yeah. our lives? Yes, uh, sure. but it's going to be more up. difficult to do because of their health conditions and whatever. But there are policies that uh, the people would not have to do any kind of medical exams or any kind of medical questions asked. So difference is simplified issue, no medical exams, but there's medical questions. And then there's guaranteed issue, no medical questions, nothing asked. But those policies usually have to wait for two years for them to be effective. They're called grade, graded benefit policies, and uh, 
unless the person died from a car accident within those two years, the death benefit doesn't get paid out. You get the but, prim- but you're paying for those two years. You're paying the, for those two years, and uh, you know, uh, and 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 you're getting refunded that money plus a ten percent interest rate, which for somebody who's really sick and they're trying to get some coverage, it's good because. There's no way they were going to put that money in a bank account as a final expense and get 10% interest on that, mm-hmm. 200 bucks a month. This way they can get that and also have hope that after two years, there's that $20,000 or $25,000 death benefit guaranteed, which they weren't going to be able to collect that $25,000 for the next 10 years if they kept putting that same money in their account. Mm-hmm. But in year three, they already have that available. I, th- I feel like that's a good idea for them to k- stay alive every two years. Just get a new one every two years. I mean, if there was an idea <laughs> for somebody to stay alive, then and, you know, a lot of our uh, grandparents and family members would, would have been around, have man. Here, <laughs> yeah, you know. It's not a choice, brother. <laughs> I understand that. <laughs> so they pay into it for two years, and then they have, let's say, the 20000 $25,000 debt benefit guaranteed. And after two years, no premiums, or they still no continue? no no. They have to pay, pay. The, the benefit. Continue. The benefit becomes available. The death benefit after the two after years. After two years, okay. Because it's guaranteed issue. Basically, no turning down anybody. Uh, pre-existing conditions, none of none. That. No it health questions asked. Yeah. Basically, it's if you can fog a mirror, you're qualified. Imagine if you can't even do that. Like, got a warm one here. <laughs> That's how loans used to be. 12 years ago, if you could fog a mirror. No, you fog a mirror. If you had a pulse, man. It takes yeah. the same thing to fog a mirror. <laughs> Literally. It's like, you have a pulse? Simple as that. Yeah, give him half a million dollars. <laughs> no, like, maximum is like 25000 bro. <laughs> with Vaseline. No, I'm talking about the loans. No, 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 the loans. The loans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2006 yeah. Oh. 7s, remember? Yeah, that's who screwed like, everything up. Yeah, you know, those right. guys that were making it's millions. The, the, f- the best stories are the ones where the uh, the parents of the kids come into like the to look at the house and and they go yeah we had a house similar to this in 2007 and and I'm like I'm like uh, whenever you want whenever you want how much time you <laughs> no, have no I mean can I take the two minutes one yeah, uh, yeah. This is go, 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 go 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 yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Right, go 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 I'll tell the guys a story so <laughs> I'll be right back the the parents the parents of the kids would come in and they would look at the house like yeah in 2007 I had a I had a very similar house to this but Loans were so much easier back then. And I'm like, oh, so what, ha- what happened to that house? Oh, the bank took it. <laughs> <laughs> the bank I'm, took I'm like, it. why? <laughs> he goes, ah, they, you know, it was an interest only. And then or became, variable rate. Yeah, and they it, didn't know and then it became adjustable. It. And for some reason, my payment just shot up. And I was like, oh, I wonder why. <laughs> oh, gosh. But I, I want to talk to Paul about COVID as far as. How COVID has affected his... Do they really have COVID insurance? Somebody was asking if they had COVID, COVID insurance? insurance. I don't know. We'll find out. Well, what I think... Uh, I think Norik, Norik was talking about Where is that. it? Yeah, Norik says, have people taken out a term COVID life insurance? That's term COVID question. life insurance. I mean, maybe a pandemic insurance might exist. I don't think they have one for COVID. The thing is, COVID has been around for God knows how long. It's just this COVID is... The 19th version, yeah, the 19th. which is very important, that number in there, yeah. guys. Go that's that's the one that's caused the pandemic and chaos and fear-mongering and all this bullshit. COVID, Wait, what COVID, is COVID still around? I don't know. It's trying to make a comeback, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it only exists at the Trump rallies. <laughs> yeah, God, not man. the protests or chats. Yeah. Yeah. Chats. <laughs> yeah. Chaz has immunity. Man, I can't believe that? police responded to the shooting at Chaz. I seriously wouldn't have responded to that. You, you have to, man. Why? Because they're morons. You're defunding. Why would you respond? If they call, just say, thanks for calling our defunded police department. 
Uh, for English, press one. <laughs> for jazz, press two. Oh, like, gosh. Did you guys hear about Chicago this last oh, week? Oh, man. Chicago is like a war zone. See, why is that not on the news? You, you would be safer in... Paul's walking into an amazing conversation right now. You'd be right safer now. in Syria today than in Chicago. Yeah. See why, see, why isn't all this shooting going on in Chicago not being talked about in the news right now? That's what I want to know. Because nothing's changed. It was the same thing Over the Father's Day weekend, what was it? 100 and... <laughs> 12 shot or 104 like it's yeah, unbelievable all those huh. deaths and why like why is that not being blasted everywhere because you know you have all these people innocent people dying innocent people just being shot it's wow. ridiculous man 104 shot 14, 12, dead, 14 dead i heard there's about five of them were kids yeah yeah That's i think the that sad. they're trying to see how far they can push before people uh completely lose it and I feel terrible for um, uh, for a lot of the people who are going to become victims of this. And one of them is is uh, you know with this Black Lives Matter. You know they're gonna they're making uh, uh, black people target. You know, and that, that's terrible. I would have felt so nervous if all of a sudden all the mainstream media said Armenian lives matter because then everybody yeah. else that the you know the Chinese people, the yeah. uh, black people, Italian people, everybody would be like, what about us? Are we nothing? Mm-hmm. What are we, chopped liver? Like, our lives don't matter to you guys. My kids' life don't matter to you guys. Can you guys just do whatever you want? And and, and you know what? They're making these police officers uh, stay back and not stand back and not do anything because they're afraid. Yeah. You know, if I'm going to come and protect you and I'm going to go to prison for that, why the hell am I protecting you? Protect yourself up. and do mm-hmm. whatever you want. So, you know, you get you see these guys becoming kind of uh, lawless, you know, and, and, and want to do anything and everything because they're being pushed under a, a very wrong label of peace protests, you know. They're being marketed as that, but it's not. So um, I feel bad that this whole thing is cooking up to become what it's going to become. Unfortunate, very unfortunate. Yeah. Our kids and our and this country, a great country, great country with great history, does not deserve this kind of crap. But we're... we're pretty much deleting the history right? well that's the whole thing you know uh, how do you how do you allow uh, the six blocks of your town to be taken by, by your city to be taken by a group claiming that they're protesting no, it's just a long zone. party it's just a long party but see isn't well, that, that's treason though that's what it is you see you know if you're trying to you know I was telling Armand earlier when I first arrived I said look I, I mean I had a house in Lacrosan I was trying to build a cover on my barbecue you know and the city said you know I have to get the permits the city engineer has to look at the papers cost me about $700 for that plus permits this and that the whole thing would cost $1200 I couldn't do the uh, build out until I had all of that like are you serious and these guys can go take six blocks over without city permit or without any of that and how can they do that destroy all the businesses that's such a good are, example Jesus Christ, where are we? What kind of America are we slept one night and we woke up in a different country? We don't know where the hell we woke up in. You know, and unless my we don't, but they do. Well, look, they don't. The guys that are doing this, they don't know what the hell they're getting themselves into. All their faces are all over the place. And so they don't know what they're being set up for. Okay, all these guys going looting and doing all the crap. They think that they're they're untouchable and whatever. They are. That's what they're being promoted as. They're not. You know, the minute... See, if you want to have, um, have people easily controlled, you allow them to do shitty stuff, and you hold that record. And whenever they want to open later. their... Yes, use it against them later. And 
you know what uh, then they they can't open their mouth and say no well you this that what you're gonna be like hey look i have all this shit on you you know um and and it's it's terrible uh, then we had lolita express yeah yes sir so uh, i i just um i i hope that more people are able to open their eyes and see beyond all the uh all the crap all the bullshit that's being fed because i hate when i hear the words uh well you know he could have done he could do this better and why why is the racism i, I want to understand what the hell racism means guys i don't know what it means to you guys to me it means nothing absolutely okay because racism is something that is created artificially uh to segregate okay because the minute somebody says armenian lives matter and they're looking at me as saying that's armenian and they're different or whatever that's racism that's where it starts 100%. and and i don't want that kind of stuff to be uh, i don't want us to be any different than anybody else because at the end of the day we're americans we're working for a mm-hmm. common goal to be the strongest nation have the best military have the um, uh, you know lowest unemployment rates have our people be happy and the least amount of student loans outstanding and this and that which we had all that until january well it was we were working towards making that better because we didn't we had 1.3 trillion dollars of outstanding student debt and 8 million stu- uh, students uh, with in in default of their student mm-hmm. loans so we did have a big problem but you know what in the last four years three and a half years you know president trump was working making that thing better you know he made so much change so much such a big impact into our economy into the the uh, unemployment situation um you know and 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 trying to make us into a, uh, a, a a manufacturing economy versus a consumer economy mm-hmm. that were only good for others because they come and they spend their uh, we spend money on buying their goods so at, in a trade war we're getting shafted others are doing good we're getting shafted not today we used to we used to that's what he's fighting he hasn't brought everybody back yet because you know it's, it takes, takes time. time it yeah. doesn't happen overnight but the guy needs time and he needs support and you know you can't drain the swamp you know when the alligators are biting your ass all day long you know yeah it's difficult it's so, uh, similar to what you've been trying to do in the insurance industry for yes. 20 years right so i've been trying to say to people look guys wake up these policies this that whatever whatever and and you know what all the other guys are no 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 because they're multi-level kind of a situation and mm-hmm. they've got their cousin their cousin's cousin and i don't hate anybody by the way and i'm not envious of anybody i've i'm doing really well being peaceful but you know what you guys all have to think about the same common thing you either in this industry because you care about people that you serve or you don't that's a big difference yeah so um you know i i feel bad for for trump i mean he doesn't have the media behind him just like in our country right nikol pashinyan the guy you know he has good intentions and everything else but he doesn't have the media behind him all he mean? has is his facebook no bro he doesn't have the media behind he, him he he's a journalist he used to own a newspaper no 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 that ju- newspaper was not nothing to compare to uh what the uh, uh channel 1 armenia hamek and this and that whatever no the big media is controlled by uh, another guy who was the uh the the third president's son-in-law he had bought a lot of the media and everything and, yeah. yeah and so a lot of the stuff was controlled through him and and so you know this this guy came in and and uh, you know all the rich people that control a lot he's their enemy he's becoming he's become their enemy 
Same with him, with Trump. He came in and he became the enemy right away. He didn't come in to get rich. He I, was rich. I, I personally, I wouldn't compare the two of them. I, that's my take on it. Well, the way I would compare is be, they're they're both fighting something that's try not working in the best interest of their country. Every leader is always fighting against something. No, so no, no, no. In the best interest of their country, there's a big difference. Everyone thinks their interests are best for their country. Like that's what a leader does. Their decision is supposed to be for their people. But is it the reality? That's the difference. That's the big difference. So if you look at Trump right now, well, the other guy is saying he's fighting for the best of our country. And, and uh, you know, the, the leaders beside, before him said they're fighting for the best interest of our country. And if, if race mattered so much, if race meant anything to the previous presidents, you know, have you, had you heard before, you've lived in this country for a while and been an adult for a while, have you heard of Juneteenth? No. Until, no. until, until two days ago? No. no. Why not? Well, we had we had an African American president mm -hmm. for eight years. We had other presidents that were, you know, you know. Let's let's go to the Democratic presidents, you know, that were Democratic, and right. you know, uh, why didn't we hear about this? Why is all this coming out right now? You it's know, it's a distraction. Well, look, no, but it needs to be known, it, right? But I mean, just how we talk about the April twenty fourth, this, this should have been no, known. I mean, these guys. It's they, important for us of course, to have known that by it's now. It's important for every American because every American does not want to hear that our country, our uh, you know, ancestors of this great country, great nation, were into slave trading and whatever. So when it ended, it's a great pride to know that that ended. That mindset is gone and we're not following that mindset. Yeah, history is not repeating we're, itself. You yes, talk about it, so it doesn't repeat itself. Free enterprise, free this. Everybody has an opportunity. And you know what? I... I'm so proud that every one of us, you know, we're not, we're, we're, we're Armenians, there's, there's blacks, there's Italians, there's Chinese, there's every nationality, Indians, everybody has had the opportunity to do something in this country, has made it at a certain level, you know, and, and you know what, that's something to be proud of, not to be ch twisted around and made into racism and sold some out other way and create chaos and, and, and what, you know, it's, well, I think one of the reasons why none of the Democratic presidents ever mentioned Juneteenth was because slavery was started by Democrats, ended by Republicans. How would that benefit their narrative? So why in the world are they saying, uh, you know... Because now they're using it as to, to supposedly prove Trump's, Trump's racism. But So when you're saying that, you know, the other candidate is also, every president or presidential candidate is going to... They uh, think you know, they're doing the They best. think. So that's a big that's difference, it. brother. There's a big difference. So if those guys think that they're doing something, but in reality, we have a man who's who had the billions of dollars, who had everything he wanted. Everybody wanted to look like him and be like him, talk and walk like him. He's changed everything to become, to now sit there and try to prove his points and whatever, whatever, prove something that's so pure and so innocent and so great that's being presented in a different way. You know, his nationalism is, is being sold by mainstream media as racism. That's yes. stupid. Yeah. For you to care about your country and want the best for your for, for, for your country and, uh, you know, for that to be presented, I mean, that it would be so damn frustrating. I would have to drink, you know, whiskey, like five, five uh, glasses of whiskey like this every two hours for me to, to, stay, not, sane, to yeah. stay sane and not lose it, you know? I don't know how this guy does it, but, you know. Even if you watch the documentary on Netflix, it's called Dirty Money, and they have a new episode on Trump. I mean, you watch that, you literally want to just 
hate the guy. Everything in there is about how bad he is. Nothing. And then, then you you listen to other independent stories where you know his limo driver or his maid or this guy sharing a story of how he paid for a cancer treatment or he paid for this guy's school or the, you're like, how so can it be people, so yeah. far apart? Like, you watch Netflix, you you literally want him to just get the hell out of office already, and then. You you hear independent stories. You're like, man, this guy needs to be president for another fifty years. Well, that's what it's I wanted that, to, the, to that extreme. Now let's let's just say we've always had Democrats, Republicans. That's all we've had in America. It's just mm-hmm. like a system. Two, two we party always, system. Two party system. Right. We've always followed it. Trump has enough power today to start his own party, and he's got plenty of people in that. Yeah, bank. it would be. What would they be? The he uh, would uh, have to be independent. The Trump campaign. No, 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 no. But Republicans to... hold some core values of this country, uh, and and why? I'm not why... a fan of the Republicans either. Let me well, just put you know, it it's way. changed a lot. But the core values before of... Trump came out, the Republican Party was just about to go down the drain. I promise you, they yeah. were just there, yeah. right before Trump came out. So Trump is really not a Republican. First two years in office, the Republicans didn't help him out. They were yeah. working against him just like the Democrats were. Yeah. So. If anyone expects me to vote Republican, I'm not doing that. Well, you're not voting Republican. You're voting Trump. There's a difference. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Now, let's go into... Can you he imagine if he tries to, to, to create a new party? What? That would be the best <laughs> scenario <laughs> because no, getting, brother, rid of the two, getting rid of the two-party system is going to save this you country. Can, it's brother, you can't. You can't, in, in this country right now, uh, he named uh, the, the, those, those uh, looters and whatever, you know, he named them at a terrorist organization, right? Antifa. Antifa. Right. Now, if he was any terrorist organization needs to be taken down by our National Guard or, or armed forces and everything else, right? That would be completely normal to anybody's standards. Terrorist against our country, this and that, let's go wipe him out. If he tries to use some force... Do you know what they're going to make him look like? A monster. Yeah. I mean, you know, you talk about creating a new party. They're going to be like, oh, so this billionaire, none of these parties, the history behind it, Lincoln, this, that, but whatever. All these guys were no good. He's so arrogant, he had to have his own party. There you go. Sounds <laughs> pretty damn good to me. <laughs> yeah, but, but you know what? Uh, to you, because... Uh, you, you have a different mindset. You're reading through things. You're understanding things. You, you're being able to look... Further and and but most of these the smoke people, screen is cleared. Yeah, but most people, unfortunately, are not that way. Look, they, t- today I was listening to a podcast. I sent it to you guys, yeah. Patrick, and one of his co-hosts asked a very simple question. The, one of their hosts is a liberal, completely liberal. He's in financial <laughs> business as well, actually. The other one's conservative. Uh, the other one is conservative <laughs> as hell. And then Patrick, you know, Patrick, but David, he's kind of. I mean, he's more Republican, but he tries to be as neutral as possible because of his uh, valuetainment. Yeah, he's he's a good narrator. Narrator, that's what I so, would call it. So the conservative says, "I'm going to donate a thousand dollars to charity of your choice, and if you can show me or name me one time Trump has made a racist comment." The guy's like, "Well." Uh, he implied this one time. He said, no, no, not implied or, you know, that's what he was thinking or <laughs> that's what his posture <laughs> was. It. That he actually made a racist comment. He couldn't come up with it. He said, okay, we're going to give you... Patrick said, all right, let's stop talking about this. 
We'll give you a couple of days. Go try to find an article or a video of him actually making a racist comment. The article you'll find. The video you will Well, find. The, yeah, the article is going to be twisted, Easy. of course. But a video of him that's not, uh, you know. Edited. Edited and, yeah, cut out <laughs> where they put pieces together where he's saying something great. An actual video footage. And he says, I'll donate. The guy couldn't come up with and we'll, Let's see if he comes up with anything over the next. And I've asked this question to a couple of people, too. Like, just name me one thing he's done that's so racist. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, you know, he says this about the blacks. He called, uh, he said, we, we need to shoot the looters. And well, the guy's just trying to act tough so that people could have, he needs to be authoritative so people so can respect that, something. So would, would the person who says, well, he says, let's shoot the looters, right? Would they feel any different if, if it was their business that they, their father and mother worked for 25 years and in one second it was destroyed and the insurance wasn't paying for it? And their parents are now saying, we don't know what the hell we're going to do. Your dad's having a heart attack. He's dying tomorrow morning because of that. Would he then feel like, oh, I wish I was there to shoot that looters? You know? See, a lot of these people, I, a lot of the people that are arguing this don't own businesses, don't make the money that certain people make, or are basically more dependent on the government, on no, social security, on money welfare. Of course it does, up, man. Right? No, it doesn't, bro. It just doesn't. You don't have to make big money. No, to have I'm not a brain saying. I'm not saying head. big money. I'm saying. You don't I, have I, to don't, own, I don't know how to say it look, in English. Like, how would you say it? Like, you know the, the value, value of your value. money. Yeah. If you know the value of the dollar and what you've earned and what you've created, you will appreciate it. But if money comes and goes easily, you, you, how do you think you're going to look at life, man? What? You're not going to give a shit about the person who's basically spent 20, 30, 40 years with their blood, sweat, and tears building a business and all of a sudden it's ruined overnight. You're not going to care. Why? Because you don't know the value of that dollar. You get it through welfare or you get it through shady, you know, shady business or whatever well, it is. They still don't have rent because they're living with mom and yeah, dad at 40 easy, years old. Right, the, when easy money comes in, the money goes out easy as well. There, it's, you're, mentally, you're just a different person. Uh, that's how I look at it. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Look, it, it is because if you look at these, these looters or these majority of these protesters, they, they look different than your average semi-successful individual in this country they they look like they're gypsies like they have absolutely nothing some no of them aren't even from the area you had you had that one lady i remember it was on fox news and i was watching it live and i'm not talking about fox i'm talking about local fox so that's not liberal yeah. or conservative local fox news and they owned a liquor store in downtown and they basically were walking around and she goes I've lived here and I've owned this business for 30 plus years with my brother, my aunt, and mm -hmm. one of our friends. And she says, these guys are not from here. Yeah, They don't live here. They're not from here. They're from somewhere else. They're from East LA or something. They don't belong here. Not even in uh, the not, state. Not even not from, this the state. from state. A friend of mine uh, showed, sent me a video showing guys getting out of a bus with backpacks. And I'm talking about a lot of guys. A lot of these looters. Okay, so... Uh, and, and, you know, you're like, what's the backpack all about, brother? I mean, the school's out, you know, like, uh, what do you, and then you see the same guys with the backpacks in all the news. I mean, mm -hmm. the, didn't make too much news, but whoever, whatever it was postings and whatever, same guys, God knows where they're coming from. You know, they don't need to park their cars anywhere or whatever. They go out there and those are the guys that start breaking things and stealing things and whatever. Like, why? Well, just to piss off a lot of people. 
Because if you get a lot of angry people, angry people use less judgment when they do something. So 100%. when they lose uh, their control and, and they do something that they're going to be feeling sorry for, then it's going to be easier to control them because now they just don't know what to do next because they just committed a crime. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the saddest part is this. There's multiple, multiple videos I've seen where you have, you have black people out on the streets protesting but then all of a sudden you see a bunch of white guys go in and basically bust up windows and to provoke yeah them. to yeah to provoke not no not even yeah. encourage them or provoke in their them. name in their name they're doing it and then you see these you see these african americans or black people basically stop. saying stop what are you guys doing we're here to protest exactly exactly and they defeat the purpose yeah. of these guys coming out and it's sad bro cuz it's like they're 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 actually peacefully protesting and then you have these morons going in with skateboards and shovels and bricks and all this stuff smashing and stuff and that's why when i when yeah. i said they're making these people into uh, they're making these people into targets that's what I meant, you know, because now that, you know, what, what's the average the people going to look at when they, they hear Black Lives Matter, the protest, and then all these stores destroyed. They're like, mm-hmm. black people want to destroy our business. Well, maybe that's not true. Yeah. It's not true in most cases. And, and in most true. cases. So, you know what? That's why when you see these guys, uh, some some uh, of the, the, the African-American guys that, uh, you know, they're, they're certi- uh, you know, verified members on Facebook and whatever. They do their videos. They're talking about this, and they're saying this Black Lives Matter stuff is not our stuff, man. We don't believe in this stuff. Mm-hmm. This is crap. This is being, you know, the basically, Force it's putting in us sense. in the wrong place, uh, you know, in, commu- in, in, in nation's eyes, and we don't want this stuff. But you know what? It's in somebody's best interest. That, that's why they're pushing this stuff. Mm. I think Charles Barkley said it best. Charles Barkley was like, the Democratic Party cares about black people once every four years. And they want to keep them in poverty so that they could vote for them. Because if, if they succeed, why would you vote Democrat if you're successful? I mean... That's pretty much what I'm saying is you don't need to be successful to be a Republican either. Because that's another divide. I feel like the more divides well, we create, the it's, harder it's, it's going to be to get along It's not a divide, but it's the reality of regulations and taxes and all that bullshit. I mean, look at California. What were we talking about earlier? PAGA, right? Like... How can you have... It, it's like the least employer-friendly state in the damn country. Yet Why do you think everybody's leaving? Yeah, but a lot of people are leaving. Look at Musk. Musk is leaving. Is he? Yeah, He said he is. Maybe he's using it as a tactic against California. You never know. Uh, he's a well, businessman look, too. He's one of the few people that could say whatever the hell he wants. And, and get away with and it. You can get away with it because That's what, power his right business there, is not going to be affected. He's going to get more media attention and his business is probably going to... His stock value is going to go up. You can yeah. Do yeah, but it's... You know who's getting destroyed by that PAGA law and all these other uh, anti-business or whatever uh, laws is the middle-class businesses. Yeah. It's yep. not the big guys. And, you know, this pandemic, it closed down the businesses and this and that. You know who's getting destroyed? The smaller restaurants, the smaller this, yeah. the smaller that. It's not the big names. The big name guys, the really, really big name guys, made, in fact, billions of dollars. They even made more money than they would have if nothing closed down. Absolutely. So, you know what? You look at, and, and, and are these guys on the right or on the left, the ones mm-hmm. that made billions in the last two, three months? They're, of course, they're on the left, right? So, you know, is this thing going to be pushed even further? Yes, they're going to. Uh, until when? I don't know. Maybe try to even take it to November to, uh, the you know, to the elections yeah. and whatever. September. But is the, uh, are we always going to sit there as Americans and talk about, uh, well, they're doing this. Well, you know what? Hell with the they. 
and hell with what they're trying to do. You know what? It's time for us to open our eyes. It's time for us to unite as Americans. Yes. And to have certain goals and targets and start going that way, you know. And, you know, and, and you know what? I appreciate these sheriffs and God bless these guys that are saying we're not going to follow those guidelines and whatever to uh, to incriminate people for not wearing a mask and this and that. You know, there is a virus, but the deadliness of that virus is so minute, it's so nothing that it would have never been considered a, uh, a pandemic had they not overrated these numbers at 3.4% or whatever. Now mm-hmm. the CDC says it's 0.04%. Well, obviously, it would have never made it into a pandemic situation, so they wouldn't have had this stuff. <laughs> well, why tell us that shit now? I mean, you could have told us that... Well, they didn't know. Well, you didn't know the other number either. How come you said that other number? So, Paul, but let's go back to Pashinyan. He's still pushing the COVID narrative till today. But look, so I have a strong belief that I have a str- well, First of all, they don't have the kind of, uh, you know, they don't Strengths. have the number of hospitals and whatever. What, and this may just may be a different strain of that virus, which is affecting them. Because, you know, I've been talking to live people, real people, mm-hmm. and they're saying that, you know what, they have people really, really sick, like really sick. There's really always sick. really, really In Armenia sick. right now. No, no, no. I mean, no, getting, the, getting the, the virus that have become so damn sick, it's unbelievable. But as, how old are they, though, as far as they Well, are? there's people that are in their 50s or 40s or whatever, and they still got really sick. So it could be a different strain. It could be that... Their food types are different, right? So their diets are different. Well, maybe we're eating so many hormones and different kinds of uh, GMO crap that, you know, the, even the viruses are having a hard time with, with our, <laughs> putting up with that shit. And these guys are over there no, eating all organic stuff. Their bodies are so, you know, not... There's not. different strains. Even in, in the States, like West Coast versus East Coast, it's a different strain. That's, you know, so, so they might be... And, and, and then you got to realize another thing. Now, every little thing that happens in, in Armenia right now, uh, you know. That's March 31st in Hamalir. So we yeah. have plenty of beds. It's never been used I, yet. I understand. But that's just beds to put over there. But there's nothing there. There's yeah, no there's ventilators. No mattress, there's no ventilators. No, no, I understand. But, but my point is, ready for my it. point is that anything that that, that guy does, Pashinyan, uh, a good thing, bad thing or whatever, is always being taken out of proportion by the previous government's uh, fake news, and 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 they're uh, they have so much money. They pay so many guys to be on internet. There's so many fake trolls. accounts. They have on a lot of yeah, trolls. They're all trolls everywhere, guys, everywhere. And you know what? They go to the European uh, thing uh, courts or whatever. The UN. And and no 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 the um, the Human Rights European Council or some whatever oh, okay. the hell that's they're called. They go there and they try to appeal and fight against Pashinyan and this and that. So if he said, okay, take off the masks, like, you know, Trump is not wearing... Look at how much shit they're talking against Trump, right? Why isn't he wearing a a mask? That's just such an ignorant thing to do. What is he teaching our children? Well, let him not wear it and he'll die and you guys will be happy, right? Right. (laughs) So so here's, look at at this. (laughs) So if Pashinyan said, let's open up, let's just get back to work. These guys, um, they have so much power, they would go even infect people with some other shit, maybe rat poison or something, kill people, and then say, look at him. This guy was so irresponsible because of him. Look at how many people died. And they would use that against him, and they'll oust the guy. Wow. Because you know what? His government, from the he inherited some really, really bad shit. So you know what? His government, right now, Armenian government, owes over $7 billion. Okay? Yeah. And, and and you know what? 
none of these other guys who were, you know, partners with the old government, uh, they're not happy like the Russians and whatever with Pashinyan because no other nationality, no other country or whatever cares about your nationalistic uh, beliefs and ideas and whatever. And they don't give a shit how happy your people are that now they have a sovereign uh, country and whatever, whatever that, you know, you, your, your uh, uh, premier minister has the full support of your people. They don't give a shit. They would rather have some corrupted guy who they have points against, who they have things on, who have a lot of skeletons in the closet that they know exactly what kind of skeletons, what kind of bones and the DNA, all the shit that they have on these guys so that when the time comes, they can pull the plug. This guy, they have no plugs to pull. So he doesn't want to create plugs, bro. That's why he's saying, okay, since the world is still going there, the day that, you know, all these guys that say the World Health Organization, Fauci, Mauchi, this, that, everybody says, all right, forget it. You know, it's done. That's it. This is not affecting us anymore. That's the day that he's going to say, okay, let's open up everything. Before then, he does anything. He's so vulnerable. It's not even funny. But he does Where is Fauci, by the way? Vacation. Uh, well, there was. I was reading an article how he hasn't even spoken to Trump in two weeks. This was last week, so now I haven't seen him on weeks. TV in maybe God knows how long. Maybe he has COVID nineteen. No, I think he's uh, he's with with Biden. They're trying to kind of uh, amnesia in a bunker. Medicine. In a bunker, they're trying to come up with how, a new, what are you, new strategy what are you, to <laughs> take to Trump do amnesia medicine together. Well, what are your thoughts about Biden? <laughs> <laughs> did you have to do this? Uh, of course I did. <laughs> I want to know. I, I want to know. Let me ask you this. I want to know Would if you qualify for okay, life. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay, I want to okay, know okay. if you really think he. All right. All right do you do you think you he has dementia? No, let me tell you something. So, so this is something I learned as a child, and this is in army. I'm going to say this. Okay. Mer papik nere bolore mezmiat banen sovrat ser tatik nere. Chasen hivand martura chen khanda tagajen. Tenemos. Ana sovrat sen asen merali etavis chikali vat ban khosal mekel hivand kanere kakhper. Intitens hartser mitavek please. All I could tell you is he wouldn't qualify for life insurance. There's my here's my concern that I've been seeing a lot of things popping up on online already. His campaign manager has said. We it doesn't state campaign. anywhere in the United States guidelines or rules or laws that a United States candidate has to actually debate. go on a dip televised <laughs> debate. No debate. So why are you mentioning this like a couple months before the actual debates? I don't understand. Is it do you guys not want to be on the debates or? Well, they want him to just fog a mirror until the elections and if they can... <laughs> Pass the guy, and then they get they get somebody else that's going to take over. It's, you know the running mate. You know, yeah. And um, do, do you know, we know who it is at this point? Injecting adrenaline and everything, so he could just stay propped up until <laughs> November. You guys are walking corpse. <laughs> hey, who's his running? Who's his uh, vice president? Have we is he decided? It's a woman. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a woman. It's most likely it's going to be a woman. Uh, it's gonna be our first woman president. That's who it is. Judah's government. Levick says oh. they agreed to they agreed to three oh, debates. You think so? Yeah, I think so. You think so? Really? Yeah. No. I think so. Who? I don't know. Look, Osgan and Jurka. Maxine Waters. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, there you go. I highly doubt it. Maxine Waters. Agua. I think. I think so. Francine Agua. I think Camel to Harris would be. Cam- no. 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 She's too. She's, she's too corrupt, man. Oh, and Biden is. No, I mean, as far as like it, hers is I really out there, man. Amy, it's not Amy like Amy any of the other ones are saints, bro. Amy no, no, no. It's just hers is like a... hers is really bad. Bro, Biden could sniff Harris all day long, and they'll be they'll make a great. 
<laughs> They'll sniff each other and don't. <laughs> but it's. <laughs> but it's crazy. So many people have, like, low key under the table flipped, and they're not saying it. Up because they're afraid. Or don't want to say anything. Do you guys think California goes red? No. 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 It's Cali- getting close. Poorly. No, but, no, no, you know, no. it will happen one of these I days. I hope so. You think so? Close, I think man. so. No, I, oh, but I think yeah, the I'll population why, in Sacramento, I mean, in San Francisco and Southern California is just, it's too large for it to kind of flip. Well, look, Sacramento, uh, San Francisco, so if you're making $140,000 a year income, you can't afford to live there. You're considered poor, okay? You probably <laughs> get assistance for Obamacare or something. But um, so, you know, basically, it's going to get to a point that these guys can't afford it. And when they can't, you know, when people get unhappy, when they can't afford anything, when they're hungry, that's when you have a hard time controlling them. Mm. So maybe that day will come. I Who hope knows? soon. Who knows? Because it's, it's truly getting, uh, it's, getting annoying i mean they're they're almost hinting at the fact that they're gonna cheat their way through these elections well we shouldn't have debate debates we should do mail votes why yeah. don't we just text our votes and yeah right no seriously let's just text it i mean from all over the world yeah too. let's text it yeah like the eurovision shit right yeah yeah like <laughs> the, exactly you guys seen those rooms <laughs> and the winner is text biden to <laughs> two one three four five and then you what was the last time <laughs> For him, it's going for English press one because you don't understand what the hell the guy is saying. Right? Doesn't make any sense. I'm just, I'm just curious if there is going to be a debate or not. Because if there is going to be a debate, I think it's going to be bigger than the Super Bowl. Of oh, course, yeah, it will it's be. Epic, bro. Trump is. It's going to be a roast. It's not going to be a debate. Like Trump has turned into the comedian of the. I mean, the guy's going to get should get the Oscar. Because for, I th- if he was able to go into the DNC and actually. Debate the other Democrats. Well, he said he's going to beat Joe Biden, bro. He's, I mean, Joe Biden said he's going to beat Joe right. Biden yeah, in November. <laughs> Didn't he also say he Trump's going to win? <laughs> yeah, said, only Trump said, can get reelected. Yeah. He, said, he, says, <laughs> he says we can't reelect Trump. No, we have we, 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 we own, only Trump can get reelected. <laughs> Like it's, it's like, like it's like you know uh, having a rat chew on this wire and then start talking. It's gonna be like static all the time, right? That's how his brain is. You no, know, he's good for like three minutes and then all of a sudden it's just a <laughs> no, die. Babe, they will. I I promise you, they will mess with Trump's mic. Like they'll make it so he sounds ill. They're already saying he has Parkinson's at this point. Yeah, but here's the thing: he drank that cup of water with yeah. one hand on purpose. My, let me tell you this: and then he spit if, it out. Yeah, <laughs> and then he just dumped it out. No, he went like this. Oh, yeah, he dumped Boom. it out, right? So let me if. Biden comes to a stage and third minute into a just him he putting his on the prices right. <laughs> he's gonna start spinning the wheel. <laughs> one dollar, Bob. Yeah, yeah. I take uh, one dollar for the camera. Oh man, what happened to the guy? Oh, he passed away. Bob huh? Barker passed Bob away. Passed Did he? Away. I think so. Yeah. Was it like five, seven years? No, yeah. I mean, a couple years ago. Mm. But I, I don't know, man. At this point, I look at it as he has a better Hold on. Today. I think uh, who was who was the guest that was a uh, conservative? Uh, I'm sorry, a Democrat on our. Uh, was it Stephen? Yeah, Bagumian. Yes, yes. Stephen said the best thing. He said, "We have 360 million people in the United States, and Biden is the best we could do." And yeah. Trump. Um, look, let's be fair. Biden and Trump. Okay, but if you have to vote, Trump is Biden a or Trump. Who are you going to vote? He's not a politician, and it's but a good thing. We he's don't not a need a politician. That's the problem. We've had too many politicians for too long, and things haven't gone right. Uh, that that was my reason why I went voted for the guy. Okay, because he's not a politician. 
Because this polished speeches and whatever and politicians and being politically correct, that's all bullshit stuff. Those are all coins that are phrased, uh, uh, f- uh, phrases that have been coined. I'm, I'm losing my mind. I talk so much about Biden. I'm like <laughs> getting Biden out. Stop Bidening <laughs> out. All the phrases the that have been coined to, 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 uh, to mess with our heads. Honestly, I mean, you know, th- we don't need the politicians. We need the guys that will get the business, the job done. And that's exactly what he did. Yeah. Every, everything that he's pointing at Trump, just like Trump says it, very simple. He's like, you were vice president for eight years. You had Prior to that, you've been in office for 270 years. Everything that you're saying I haven't done, you could have done in those 200 right. years. You haven't done it. <laughs> and, and the rest years. of the gang, too. I mean, between Pelosi and whatever, yeah. these guys have been in business for 200 years. Yeah, I mean, have. What have they done? Schumer, Nothing. Pelosi, all Nothing. of them. Yeah. And now you have these other, these AOCs and these Omars coming oh in. They're like, Literally, they're they're like socialist, they're communist, they're domestic terrorists. terrorists, man. That's what they are. They're domestic terrorists. These guys, oh, that AOC is crazy. They're not bro. domestic. She terrorists. is. They're man. Democrats, bro. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> no, man. Here's the thing. Again, I I, I don't. I never want to bash as far as like the Democratic because because there are true Democrats out there who are yes. like logical people. These people, these AOCs, these Omars, these Schumers, they're not Democrats, man. They're not Democrats. They're something else. I was deep telling, state, brother, deep state. That's what that's what Trump is talking about. That's not a conspiracy theory. That's the reality. Yeah. I was telling Paul before we started the show. My concern for our kids is that these jackoffs that are, you know, the mayors of Chaz and <laughs> these guys are going to be. I can't the, believe these Chaz, guys are going to be future politicians because morons are going to vote vote them in, and then what? what? See, I mean, you know what I'm confused about? Okay, this Chaz, it's a six block radius, right? <laughs> And they said that it's our own territory, like basically 196th country in the world. That's what they said it is, right? <laughs> yeah. So basically, okay. And the first thing they did is put up a wall. So, <laughs> so can I do this? Can I can <laughs> I walk into Trump? They want to put a wall. <laughs> Literally, can I walk into a Trader Joe's and say, you know what? I'm not wearing a mask. I declare Trader Joe's in this block part of Chaz. Yeah, you could <laughs> see. You it, could, it, but your ass will get arrested. But you try it. You're too normal to do that. That's the difference. Oh, what do I have to wear? A black hoodie and a mask? No, you have to no. look like a jackass first. You know. I don't know, you man. You have to speak like Biden, number two. <laughs> no, because today I was watching a video of this older guy in his 60s walks into Walmart without mask. <laughs> man, it was the funniest thing. They're just like, you need to get out, sir. And then she's pushing him out, and he's like going around like, no, you know, it's a free country. I need to get... Three weeks they ago. They end up tumbling him ago. down until they kick him out. Like, Bro, four weeks ago, remember? Home Depot? I, uh, I literally <laughs> go into Home Depot. This is not... That wasn't four weeks ago. It was a little bit more, but it was like right when that mask situation started. So I didn't have my mask. I'm in the line at Home Depot to return something, and they're like... The security guard comes up to me. He goes, you know, where's your mask? I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll go grab. No, you, you got to leave the store. I go, all I'm doing is I'm just returning something. That's that's it. It's, I'm going to be in and out quick. No, no, no. You have you have to leave the store. What like, about when they start running away from you, bro? I went to get dog food from Sentinelas, and I'm like, I'm on the phone just walking in through the store, and I see everyone's just running away, like, into different aisles. I'm like, what's going on in here? The employee comes up to me. He's like, sir, your mask. I ran out the door just to get my mask. Yeah, you, you gotta. You could leave your wallet in your car, but don't forget your mask. <laughs> don't forget your mask. How about when you're walking on the street? I mean, my by my house, there's a nice walking areas and whatever. And you know, you walk and you're out on, on the outside, and there's people with masks. They're walking, and and there's some slopey areas by the Oakmont Country Club yeah. area uh-huh. and whatever. 
these guys are going up there, and you you can tell that they're you know they're not getting enough oxygen. <laughs> they're already got a lot of brain cells dead. They're killing even more. And and you know the minute you're passing them without a mask, they're they like cross they the cross. I mean, the guy is gonna get hit by a running car, yeah. and, and you know, and it doesn't give a shit. It would yeah. rather die from a car than and COVID. <laughs> But, but I don't even have. I mean, you know, is and it worth helping them get to the car? <laughs> oh, um, there's, you know, there's this jackass up the street that uh, he's a young guy too, and he's always you know running and exercising. And you know what type of mask this guy wears? I one swear, with the two things on the side, yeah, like like he's like, treating asbestos or something. <laughs> I mean, literally, he has these two things he, and he two filters, and he's wearing That's these wife beaters with these hairy shoulders running around. He should build a bunker by his house and work out inside the bunker. I mean, <laughs> like a nuclear bunker or some shit. It's it's terrible, man. You're walking on the street. Like I, I was telling the guys a couple of weeks ago, like it was my wife, it was me and our and our daughter in the stroller. You know, we're walking on Kenneth Road. And then you see somebody passing by. As soon as they see us, okay, we're not wearing masks. They freak out. They lift yeah. their shirts up. They cross the street. It's like you're gonna get hit by a car. What are you doing? Why don't you just like pretend you're chasing uh, them? Let them get hit. Just, yeah, you know. that's what I was saying. Help them get to the <laughs> yeah. cars. That's what I just said. <laughs> you? Oh god! Give them a give them an actual workout. Yeah, run right after them. Jesus. You guys it's, see that company that goes after your fear, and then they put a diet for you together. Let's say you're scared of like clowns so they'll have clowns chasing you for 45 minutes. now you'll have covid patients chasing you for 45 minutes <laughs> i don't know man i i see a lot of these hospitals and stuff kind of um dying out as far as covid patients going in everybody's going in they're testing them and the worst part is this you have women who are pregnant you know going into delivery rooms and the husband can't be there and then they have the baby normally families go out there and see everybody and congratulate them and <laughs> You can't be by their side. But the worst part is now you have a family member who's dying and nobody could be by their, you know, by their side in their deathbed. But if, you know, you get some Democrats to plan out the, the funeral of your loved one, maybe you can get a, a lot of people to go. You could. Yeah. Be thousands if of you people. call it a riot funeral, you're yeah. 100% good to go. I don't know. It's, it's so sad. <laughs> like what, what it's become. Protest funeral. Woo. Yeah. yeah. Um, guys, anything else you guys want to cover with Paul before we call it a day? Or a uh, night, sorry. A day. Well, it's day, night, morning. It is daytime somewhere. Somewhere. That's somewhere. why we say. That's why we say good morning because it's midnight in Moscow is daytime. <laughs> there you go. There you go, Paul. Anything you want to cover? You could maybe do a plug as far as uh, the insurance brokerage. Let let nah, people know I mean, how to you contact know, uh, you. I I know you. They, they. I mean, they can they can find me on Facebook, obviously, and direct message me, and you know we can connect. Um, but um, you know, uh, my my suggestion is uh, if you if there is anybody. Other than you, that depends on, on on you and and your ability to work and earn and whatever. And especially if you're making some moves and and uh, going into, you know, buying things and whatever whatever in life, which is encouraged highly. You know, uh, you should definitely look into doing some insurance planning. And you should definitely, anytime you do any kind of planning, um, look into the guarantees. Some is somebody a big corporation guaranteeing you something, or are they just saying? Whatever they're saying, you know, if there's no guarantees behind it, don't do it. Because if you have a problem and take that per pay those papers to an attorney, they're going to say, well, they never promised you anything, brother. We have nothing, you know. But if they did promise something, you can, you know, that's your hook. Yeah. So don't the, sign the over napkin, your life, basically. The numbers on the napkin doesn't, uh, no. doesn't do well in court. No, no. no it doesn't. Yeah. Don't sign your How life away, guys. Literally. the personal <laughs> promise? <laughs> now, what if somebody wants to get into this industry and as a career choice they've made to 
what do you what's your recommendation to them my recommendation would be to um, really consider it seriously don't do it because um, you think that there's money there and you just want to chase it do it because you have passion and you think that you can make a difference in people's lives that you touch you know all the people that go to a, a, a family friends or whatever's funeral and uh, you know they've had long years of, exp uh, of relationship and whatever and they just take flowers guys like us walk into that household with a five hundred thousand dollar or a million dollar check but you have to have passion for that because it's not an easy industry you could make a lot of money you could be very financially secure you know you could stop working at at my age i could stop working i could get a nice very nice six-figure income you know without even going ever to work again but i have passion i want to work for as long as i can i want to make a difference i have close to about 2.7 2.8 $2 billion dollars billion dollars worth of insurance in force wow. uh and and that's a big history you know i'm in but i still want to do more i want to do more and it's not it's not really about the money i've i've passed that stage of of being money hungry it's it's more about um you know the satisfaction of knowing that you've made a difference what you've accomplished lives. and yeah and, and what you've accomplished and the difference you're going to make because at the end of the day the things that really live uh, is a good name uh you can't really take your bank account with you when you go and um you know and and if you care at all about your children you should leave a good name behind so they can they can use that uh you know and and be proud of uh, something that you've accomplished and not just worry about uh what a quick buck you can make because that won't last at all in fact it could screw everything up do you take in agents as well whether experienced or let's say somebody who's new and unlicensed or how, how does your agent i i try not to take new agents because uh you know there's so much but but if i meet a person and i talk to them and i find out that they do have a passion for the business and they do really care about and they want to build a career out of it not just a quick hit and run then i would definitely dedicate myself and make sure that these people really get to learn everything in the industry and that i can teach them and use all our resources we have eight attorneys available at any given time uh, for any kind of advanced planning for people and uh, we have huge resources that we can put forward for our for our agents and um you know but they have to have passion for it you mm -hmm. know somebody comes and just says well i want to do this because and if i talk to them for an hour i'll kind of figure out you know whether their interests are you know aligned or not yeah, yeah. what their motivation yeah, is basically what their motivation is and, absolutely you know if they come in and they just want you don't to need do, somebody to, to drive a ferrari get, then yeah i mean <laughs> go, know, rent it. go rent the it. younger guys you know they they that's how they look at right yeah. and uh i mean i've had kids uh you know at the stoplight whatever say hey uh, mr sir whatever uh what do you do you know if, if i you know if i'm with an exotic car and i would say insurance and they'll be like really <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, but, but so you, know, you don't you don't grow marijuana? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Why not? Salad <laughs> circle. Now is that so? Everything you just talked about was legacy, and the yeah. company name is Legacy. Yeah. So right. there is a lot, guys, that I that happened with the legacy, and you know, I really believe in energies and and karma and everything else. So uh, years ago, when I was creating Legacy. I thought, okay, you know, I, I want to have a non-denominational name, not Arakelian's Insurance Services or whatever. So, uh, but let's create some. So I thought Legacy, I checked it, it was available. I said, perfect. 
Then I said, I want to have something that signifies some sort of Armenianism in it, right? So I said the tree, the legacy and whatever, the roots of the tree. So the logo was designed with a tree, but the, on top of the tree, I made it like that um, that wind thing, you know? That's an old Armenian symbol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so uh, uh, I put that, I had the tree and everything, and I said, this is great. So it was great. And last year, um, you know, after the revolution, I said, I want to do something for Armenia. So I wanted to start something that would live, that would make a difference and whatever, not just, hey, I can go to Armenia and invest money and start a business or whatever, which is a good thing. Again, whoever does that, God bless them because that's a great thing to do. But I, I said, I want to plant trees in Armenia in the name of every person that's buying insurance from our company. So everybody who's protecting their Armenian family here, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and they're also giving oxygen to their motherland. Wow. So I said, how can I do that? And I, I said, I, I don't want to reinvent the wheel and call and hire some people in Armenia. Hey, would you go plant a tree? You don't know if that tree is going to survive or not. I found Armenia Tree Project. And Armenia Tree Project for the last 25 years has planted uh, over uh, you know six million trees in Armenia, oh. and so I found them. They're out of Boston. Great people, great great people. And so I said, you know what? I wanna I wanna start a forest. Let's call mm-hmm. it the Legacy Forest. So in Armavir, Armenia, we started a forest, Legacy Forest. And uh, the first we planted a thousand trees like right away, and then we kept adding because I sold more more policies, obviously. And uh, we started uh, for everyone. Um, we plant a tree. It's just great. Paid separate to have a forest available so that that whole area has water and whatever, whatever. So, And they make sure. And everybody gets a certificate. So if an Armenian family, let's say here, that doesn't own any more land in Armenia or whatever, or they never even were in Armenia, and they say, well, would you have anything in Armenia? Well, I have a tree. I have roots in Armenia. You know, it mm. kind of makes them feel like, and and their hashtag is hashtag get rooted, you know, the, yeah. the Armenia Tree Project. So it kind of made me feel really happy. I, I know that it costs a lot of money, but then it doesn't make a difference. If I didn't spend that money there, the money would be spent on something else. Or if I never got a chance to spend that money, I'm Uncle not going to take it with me. Right? Something's going to happen. But <clears throat> this way, at least, there's... So I didn't know that one day my business card logo, my company's logo, was going to have something to do really with trees and trees in Armenia and tying the diaspora and Armenia together with roots in Armenia. So, um, it's like a law of attraction. Law of attraction, brother. You may have for manifested sure. it and somehow it panned out. It, yeah. Right? But I mean, you know, because I had, I had good intentions, I yeah. really meant so solid like a tree that grows legacies. You know, they shouldn't be based on assumptions and and hypotheticals and whatever legacies should be real and whatever so i've always believed in guarantees and all that so i I gotta have a a a logo like that and that's what alex created the logo guy you Mm -hmm. know um and and so this tree project coming together was like man things happen because universe gives you the things that you want Mm -hmm. you just gotta want the right things have the right intentions yeah 100 percent. that's what it is wow insane anyways Paul, thank you so much for taking thank time you out of your Monday and join you. us, man. We really, really do I, appreciate it. I really enjoyed this. Uh, this is really good. <laughs> it's, you know. a, it's a little different than the live show, isn't it? It is, it is. It is because we never have a crowd like this. And, you know, you can't uh, go halfway. <laughs> I want to go use the restroom real quick because I just don't know how camels do it, you know. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting more kidney stones, damn it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Seriously. Oh, man. Don't uh, say it. The insurance companies are listening. Look, 
I had kidney stones. Just got rid of a kidney stone two weeks ago, three weeks ago. It's terrible. Oh Is my it? god! Yeah, it's the worst pain in the world, this, man. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, just it's it's horrible. Yeah. You know? uh, again, thank you so much for taking time out of your my Monday pleasure. to join us. My it pleasure. was it was very informative. And obviously, uh, you know, we had to get into the whole controversial thing as far as Trump and COVID and all this stuff. But it's all, you know what? At the end of the day, it's all small talk. It's all conversation. So It's all our life, brother. Absolutely. We appreciate you taking time out of your thank Monday, you. guys. Thank uh, you. Everybody else, thank you guys for tuning in today. Thank you for uh, following us on Instagram, Facebook, Spotify, iHeartRadio, everything, guys. Tune into our uh, daily memes as well, guys, on Instagram. Uh, other than that, have a great week. Have a great weekend. We'll see you guys next Monday with another special guest. We, we're on next Monday? Are we? <laughs> 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 I hope so. Oh, gosh. Thank you, Paul.